Sanity Safe Space, the call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Oh, no, Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hi. I was mentioning before live that I have a tale of the mass formation psychosis to yeah, tell you. Yeah, you, but you I, wouldn't tell me. I didn't want to do it until we were on the air because I wanted the authenticity of your reaction. But yesterday, I went down to the gym to a group fitness class. And a woman walks in. Okay, the, the group fitness room is across the gym from the entry. So you're probably talking like 40 yards to from the front door to this group fitness room. She walks in, comes to the class. With an N95 mask on. No. Okay. All right. But then she gets to the magic room where there's no Rona, right? Takes off her mask because now it's time to work out, I guess. And you would think that itself could be a tale of the mass formation psychosis. But I stand in awe as she not only removes this N95 mask, but places it where? On the fucking floor. And does a 45-minute workout with her N95 mask on the floor where years worth of people have sweat. God knows how many gallons worth of sweat all over this floor. It might have been more sanitary to walk straight into the bathroom and wipe that thing around the toilet bowl than it would have been to leave it on the gym floor. And in case you uh, would predict anything otherwise. As soon as the workout is over, what did she do? She put that fucking thing right back on her face. I am not a confrontational person. I don't like to get in people's faces. I don't really like to make people feel uncomfortable. Did you say I, something? No, I, I did not. But man, the just the internal rage. Uh, I, <laughs> the angriest I've ever felt at someone else's behavior other than masking up a kid. Yeah. And I've got a story about that myself. My friend is in Denver right now, and she told me that she saw an infant with a miniature N95 mask on. An oh infant. Where do you even buy those? Are they China. sold at uh, Babies R Us or something? What a nightmare. I can't believe. I just, I'm thinking in my head, you can't be a serious person. You cannot believe that this is, this is a step beyond just like driving around in your car wearing a mask by yourself because it's not just useless. You are soaking your mask in the sweat of other people. It's so bizarre. What it's the like, hell are you thinking? Why, what are you even thinking about? I, I Anyway, just wanted to deliver that story uh, in, in case uh, the, the fact checkers try to tell you there's no evidence of mass formation psychosis or at least individual formation psychosis that I want. Um, I'm here to ask the important questions. So hmm. what group fitness class were you going to that have mic that has mixed gender? Is it Zumba? No, it's not Zumba. This was like um, this was like a hit class, like a high intensity interval training. OK, good. All right. Yeah. No, I'm not doing like dance shit. I know. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. I had to ask. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, 
I've seen the people walk in with their mask and then take it off, which is baffling to me because if, if you're really afraid of other people's germs, the gym is like the worst no, possible place. They're doing place it out of courtesy for other people uh, that sure. care about society God, or something. Anyway, uh, that's my story for the night. Perhaps there will be more entries from uh, the tales of the mass formation psychosis as the night progresses. But um, if you guys... My vaxxed in-laws just got Omicron. Really? Well, they were staying in our house for a long time, too, and all of us got an upper respiratory infection and then got over it. So I assume that's what was going on there. Hmm. Who cares? Well, I assume the line is, thank God they were vaccinated or else the symptoms would have been much worse. That's usually what the explanation is. I'd be on my deathbed were it not for my 50 Pfizer doses. There's no evidence of any of this. Assuredly. Okay, um, you guys know how the call-in show works, but if you are new or at least most of you do but if you're are if you are new and you're curious about how to participate there are instructions for how to do that in the description of wherever you may be watching the stream if you'd like to participate in the show but you're having trouble getting in live or you can't do it live you can send us a question by email as well the one and only place to do that is using the call-in show question form over on the contact page of the website that's mattchristiansonmedia.com contact we'll get to your email questions at the end of the show and we'll stop every half hour to check in on your super chat as always as well anything else before we hop into the calls nope okay jolly roger is up first jolly you there yeah hello matt hi blonde hi what's on your mind can you hear me all right yes yeah. sir loud and clear okay so i'm calling from germany it's 3 a.m here wow so in the middle of the night but since i have to work from home for since two months now we are in semi-lockdown again so it doesn't matter when i put in the hour at work it's mm. off oh, you be a night owl it's fine yeah, uh, so I have a, a list of things I would like to talk about, but just means I try to call in for uh, another times later. So sure. there would be COVID-related issues. I know we're getting all sick of talking about it. Maybe not that sick anymore of Omicron, but the mandates are still there and it's sure. getting worse. But then I want to get really talk about a hoax hate crime that actually happened in my city that made nationwide news. For What city many, is that? Many, yeah, let's talk the hoax hate. And when you say hoax hate that really happened, do you mean the hate crime was real or do you mean confirmed hoax? Properly hoaxed, but okay. the investigations are still going on. It was an anti-Semitic one and the authorities take these pretty serious. So there are everyone's involved, like the state attorneys and prosecution is going so on. They what even happened? do the reenactment of the hoax hate crime. Okay. Ago, they, they hired actors to see who was where and what happened exactly. <laughs> What? Okay, you got to explain this that. to me. Yeah, what exactly there were happened? Protests, there were okay. So let me it was I think end of October. Uh, a rock singer I've never heard of before, Jill Ofarim is his name. Hmm. And he posted a video to Instagram where he was close to crying, close to his tears, and he was holding his necklace in his hand with the golden star of David. And he claimed that this five-star international hotel would not let him check in unless he removes the necklace. There's no way that's true in modern day Germany. There's no way. I was immediately suspicious, of course, after hearing your show and all these things happening. And um, so they suspended the people at the reception in the hotel. And then they filed a defamation lawsuit. And they said, okay, this doesn't happen this way. I'm not getting fired for this. Mm. And... 
There was CCTV footage, of course. So when he checked in with his luggage, there was no necklace. It, he had his, his oh, jacket. Oh, he my wasn't gosh. even you wearing saw. it. That's how he they put it. He wasn't even wearing it. So when he was confronted with this, he doubled down and he said, well, I'm so famous. People recognize me. They know that I always wear it and that I'm Jewish. <laughs> so <laughs> The old Jussie defense. Hey, it's that gay guy from that show nobody watches. Exactly. Get him. So, yeah. Uh, and then... This, the next night, there was a, a demonstration protest in front of the hotel because it's a pretty left-wing city I'm living in. There's, it's like um, the Seattle of, hmm. of Germany. So there's Berlin that's a big Antifa included, and then there's Leipzig, where I'm from, and then Hamburg. Hmm. So hundreds of people would go into the ho in front of the hotel with their banners and fight racism, fight anti-Semitism. And they wanted these people to be fired for good. There was an email campaign on Twitter. It was, went viral. People would write uh, the hotel chain and say, I'm, I'm checking out. I, I booked, but I'm not standing with that until you take action. So it was a, a big Well, how long thing, did it but... take for them to prove that it was fake? Were, as in, one, well, I guess they... my question is, once they proved it was fake, did people stop harassing the company or did they continue? First, so they ignored it, kind of, the, the public outcry. They said, we mm. hired private investigators. We want to get to the, the root of it. We take it serious. Then we have this, this Jewish council who also opined on it. But they said, okay, if true, then of course, it's horrible. But now they step back a little bit. And yeah, currently, they're hiring actors to see who was standing there. They have everyone who's waiting in line they contacted to see if these words were spoken. Like, did they really tell him he has to put away the necklace and no one confirmed the story yet? So maybe he's even facing like prosecution of. He should. I mean, not, should. not only for a false report to police, I assume was probably made, but for, yeah, some, there's got to be some kind of defamatory liability against yeah. not only the business, but the, um, the specific employees he's accusing. But it, there's one thing, maybe what's your opinion on this? Because we sometimes hear about these stories from India where a mob lynched someone because on a WhatsApp group they said this is a foreigner from another town raping our daughters. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we're in the West here. We think we're a bit more civil and not that easily outraged. But if someone can upload a video and then hundreds of people get in front of the hotel and demand justice, like, are we really that far away from? Do we? Yeah, it's 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 maybe it's maybe just a a more polite. Uh, variation of the same problem. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, like, I'd never heard anything about that one. Because uh, five years ago, when we had this refugee crisis, crisis 2015, there was this uh, Monday protest in a, a near town with thousands of people protesting about the Islamization of the country. And, and then there was a refugee killed, and there was a swastika in their asylum refugee. Um, center and people were like see that's what happens when you are that racist and huh. there was another protest again in my city and they smashed the the windows of a, a justice building because they were like see that you don't do enough against these racist protesters and in the end it turned out it was a roommate they had a fight about <laughs> who's cleaning the frying pans yeah so it was is that really what it was about yeah, some dispute because I mean, you have these young males living together for months, and yeah. You know. Well, thanks for the info, but, yeah, man. That's a story I hadn't yeah. heard. I, I appreciate it, and um, appreciate your yeah, call as even, well. Like, 
English uh, articles in, in the Guardian and yeah. it's even international. All right, maybe yeah, I'll have to check it out. For Thanks for the call and um and get some sleep, man. Thanks for staying up too. Yeah. Yep. Talk Thanks. to you soon. Have a good time. Bye bye. Okay, next up is Jimny. Jimny, are you there? Hello. I, I got nothing. Hello. Oh, there we Hi. go. What's on your mind? G'day. Can you hear me or our dangerous spaces? Wasn't sure if I was too loud. Uh, no, you're good. Loud and clear. Nice. Yeah, I was just having a chat to him then. I was actually calling in with some really depressing news and then oh, just no. chatting to dangerous spaces. And no, I actually thought, fuck it. I don't want to start this with a massive down note. I'm going to try and hmm. do something positive. Um, so Matt, I noticed that you've had quite a few guys over the last couple of years ring up asking for dating advice. I'm like, how do I meet a girl? Um, where do you go to meet them? What kind of approach stuff do you do? Yeah. It's a recurring and, theme. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually used to work as a dating coach for about four years, uh, back in like 209 to about 2013. Um, mm. and I thought like, screw it. I'll ring up and I'll start throwing some advice out to any guys out there that are trying to land themselves a nice Catholic conservative girl. And Go and start a farm with lots of guns and get ready for the commie approach. I'll hope for advice better than start searching for unicorns and Bigfoots or big feet. <laughs> and uh, hope no, you get lucky coming. along the journey. Yeah. Oh, well, luck is going to have a thing to do with it. But like the most basic advice I can offer is you can meet women wherever there are women. So if you want a girl that's fit, go to the gym. Like you can talk to any girl in any context. The key Which, is uh, it's terrifying. As, say again. So I, I I certainly agree with that approach, but I think one thing I've never successfully done it, and yeah, I understand most guys' hesitation. I think the cold approach is very hard in any setting. I think it's nearly impossible at the gym. Which is why the key to success here is failure. Yeah. Hmm. And I'll explain this. I'm going to give you an analogy, a handshake, for example. If you were mm-hmm. to talk to a space alien and tell him, okay, this is how we greet people on Earth. We shake their hand. And then you were to explain exactly what's involved in the handshake. Right, your hand has to be done at this level, reference their waist. You need to have it at this angle. You need to grip them at this point. You need to put this much pressure in. You need to maintain eye contact. The voice you use, this is the tone, this is the volume, this is the words. that you, you, There's a whole lot to this tiny little interaction. But the thing is, if you were to, say, meet your boss, or if you were to meet your girlfriend's brother, or if you mm-hmm. were to meet a mate of your friend, you're going to have a different way to do it. And you're going to inject a certain amount of your own personality into each of these interactions. And the reason you can do that is because you are so used to the handshake. You have done it so many times that it's now not even something you think about. All these little things are programmed into you. Hmm. Now, when that comes to approaching a girl, you can literally say anything. You can just say, hi, my name's this. How's it going? But what you need to do is you need to actually get rejected. And you need to get rejected yeah. again and again and again until you actually don't give a shit about getting rejected. And that's um, fear of getting rejected. That never goes away. It comes down as biologically programmed into us from caveman days where if you got rejected by a girl, you were ostracized by your entire, ti- entire tribe. Your yeah. genetic line died out. That was it for you. So that's, it's an ingrained fear of rejection that we have, and it's perfectly natural. But you actually need to – if you're not getting rejected you know, maybe 30% of the time – your standards are too low. Hmm. Okay. But basically, yeah, the, um, you go in, you actually need to get rejected. And even if that's something for the start as simple as going to a girl and saying, excuse me, do you have the time? Does that work? Hmm. Yeah, the way I used to teach students was um, we'd get 
a $2 coin. Like in Australia, it's just a small gold coin. And we'd first run up saying, excuse me, what's the time? And then we'd teach them to say, excuse me, you dropped this. And we'd have them notice what their voice tone was like. Because when they were trying to approach a girl and get something from them, they'd come across as a bit like a charity mugger and be like, oh, excuse me, um, uh, do you have a minute to spare? But if you're giving them something that you know they want... Your voice, tone, everything changes. To, uh, excuse me. Hey, uh, yeah, you dropped this because you know they're going to want to hear what you have to say. Hmm. And so we used to get them to notice that shift in their body language and their voice and then approach with that, with the mindset that you're about to compliment this girl. She wants to receive this. And it's well, never just, oh, you're really cute. It's, hey, absolutely love the way you're dressed or that's a really awesome, like a, a style choice that she's made. You never give a girl a compliment she hasn't earned. Hmm. I know previously blonde you've you've talked about rewarding men who were assertive and yeah. um, e- even if you didn't necessarily feel it you would reward someone who made the move. But were there any are there in your experience um are there any settings which are no-goes? Like if if a guy approached you again I referenced the gym because I think it's almost impossible to do. It just seems really rude to like uh interrupt someone's workout or something are, are there settings that are better than others or would you be open to that in any setting i was i There's was open defi- to it in any setting hmm. yeah. there are definitely settings that are worse than others like i wouldn't try it at a funeral for example but well yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but i think the, the problem too is um i mean the anxiety that you reference i never got over that and god willing i will never have to experience it again so that's all in my past but oh, dude i still experience it it's yeah, it's it's one of the most crippling anxieties that I've ever had in my life. And um, and maybe it's just too much calculation. Maybe it's just maybe it's all in my head or guys who worry about that. Like I did where you think, well, she's when you convince yourself she's not going to be happy to talk to you. It it probably comes across that way. Like you defeat well, yourself before you that. even try. Two things on that. One, the issue is you're thinking. We used yeah. to say, hesitate, masturbate. You have three seconds to approach a woman <laughs> after you see her. Okay. So you'd go straight in. And even if you're just saying, hi, how are you? You get rejected. Yeah. That approach anxiety you have before you approach them. Once you have one or two successful interactions, you actually get the a level of high at that opposite intensity where you feel like you own the entire city. Mm-hmm. Because you can just walk up and talk to anyone. As far as gyms, like, so for gyms, public transport, Anything where you are likely to be locked in the uh, room or place with the girl, mm-hmm. we always advise do it right before you leave. Yeah, I suppose that's a smart play. Like I would always, up, I would always be in search leave. of that perfect moment. Strategize about when the timing was. And- it doesn't exist. Hmm. You just got to see her and go, and just have something yeah. in your head. Simple as, "Excuse me, I just saw you standing there. You're absolutely gorgeous. What's your name?" Hmm. Well. All right. I, that's that's probably helpful for uh, I, I know that there's this is a recurring topic on the stream. A lot of um, a lot of guys are thinking about these problems. So thanks for the insight. Are there, are there any other thoughts you wanted to add? No, I'll tell you what, I'll make it a weekly thing or whenever if I ring up and get through, I'll try and impart some other knowledge because I do want to stop. Are you still black pills every time I ring in? Are you still <laughs> do You're not doing these services formally anymore. No, no, I haven't been doing this paid for Oh. God, well, ever because I'd had a career change. I moved out of a city yeah. back into sort of 2013, 2014, and I was sort of traveling all over the world. But it, it's exactly the kind of stuff I do today. Because the worst part is the best advice you can actually give any guy on how to pick up a girl, funnily enough, is be yourself. 
But the way you be yourself is you get rejected and get so familiar with that situation that it's like a handshake. You can yeah. actually begin to insert yourself into the situation because no girl rejects you. But girls don't know you. Like if you have a mum, a sister, a female friend, these girls know you and love you for a reason. Yeah. So if a girl rejects you, she's rejecting your approach, not you. She doesn't know you. She can't reject you if she doesn't know you. It's a simple matter of getting used to it so yourself can actually come through and then she can see the guy that all the women in your life actually love. Hmm. All right. Well, thanks for the thoughts, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, walkers. All right. Have a great, uh, I guess, day down under, yeah? Yeah, cheers. Fountain pens for life. Thanks, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, I can confirm that. I, uh, I uh, Maybe a year ago or so, I was gifted a pack of fountain pens mm. in the mail. Have you ever uh, Have you ever dabbled with a fountain pen? Yeah, I've used one. It's a They're very pleasant. Fantastic. It is a very pleasant writing experience. I can confirm that. Um, maybe if you write a love note to a girl with a fountain pen, maybe that's the best way to uh, achieve your ends. Uh, anyway, okay, let's talk to uh, Michigan expat. Mr. Expat, you there? Good evening, Christensen Nation. How you doing there, Matt? Hello, sir. How you doing, blonde? Good. How are you? Good. Okay. So, a couple of videos. I'm going to upload these in the Colin waiting room. Just yeah, Alexander Solzhenitsyn and one by Friar Alexis Bagnolo. Okay. So yeah, Alexander uh, Solzhenitsyn, uh, the big lie. Let's see. This video is by Academy of Ideas. Um, you might remember, you know. As far as I know, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, you know, his writings were credited with the downfall of uh, the USSR. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, he uh, wrote, you know, uh, what was the book he wrote? Uh, Live, Live Not By Lies. Yeah. So, I mean, if you do nothing else, Matt, I mean, it's just like, you know what, the show you're doing, just like, just keep doing the show you're doing. Just keep telling the truth because... Like I said, I mean, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, I'm really bad at pronouncing that. I mean, like I said, you know, his his uh, writings were credited with the downfall of the USSR. Hmm. Other than that, I have another uh, video uh, by Friar Alexis Bagnolo, um, or Bugnolo. I don't, I don't know if that's, yeah, his last name is pronounced B-U-G-N-O-L-O. More or less, you know, how to make this little situation of ours end for once and for all. I mean, you know, long story, you know. Find some, like you said before, you know, you know, get to know your neighbors, uh, you know, find some like-minded people, you know what, form a mob and then uh, start uh, performing <laughs> some uh, citizens arrests of some uh, corrupt politicians and okay, corrupt we need pitchforks, uh, we need garbage and... bags full of feathers, exactly. we need uh, lukewarm tar, Susan, all right, we're, yep. we're kind about this, we're not animals, lukewarm tar will do. How, that wouldn't even work. Okay, uh, hot tub temperature. And, and of course, uh, and, and and Susan, just so we're making sure, Susan, Matt disavows everything I have to say here. Matt is a perfectly <laughs> nonviolent person. Um, let's see here. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna upload those in the uh, the call in the waiting room uh, text uh, chat channel. Because um, yeah, otherwise yeah, like uh, for example, there's like this Brazilian mayor, I guess, who uh, you know he's he's gonna try and push uh vaccine mandates and vaccine passports and a bunch of people just got together in the streets and just you know beat them just beat them up in the streets hmm. so you know there's that <laughs> um otherwise i you know I, I had some other protest ideas 
I mean, I someone showed me this video of like mom's supermarket. I, I don't know where that is. It's like someplace in the US. Yeah. But, you know, basically, you know, someone tried checking out and then, you know, someone tried, you know, flogging them over not having a face diaper. It's like, you know what? If you get up to the checkout counter and then that's the point where they want to harass you, just be like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go get some more stuff. And then yeah. just like, just piling, just keep piling a bunch of stuff up at the checkout counter. And if they refuse to check you out, you know, you, you, you leave the stuff there or either that you just pile a bunch of stuff up. And then when they finally decide they're going to check you out because you just pile a bunch of stuff up and they want to put it back themselves. Well, you know what? That's just a point where you just say, like, you know what? I don't feel like checking out right now. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to leave all that stuff there. I'm just going to leave all that stuff piled up there. <laughs> I um, always appreciate the creative enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, I, and I appreciate your appreciation. Let's see. Otherwise, the other idea I, I have is just, you know what? Just posting face diapers, prohibited signs on the entrance doors of your favorite grocery store and uh you ah. know let people you know let, let people you know figure that one out otherwise the one thing i really want to talk to you about okay so i go to christian coffee shop in countryside i mean i travel maybe about an hour out of town to go to the place and you know you go there and you know it's you know it's face territory you know it's anti-face diaper territory except there is this one girl this one like college age girl who keeps coming in there with mm. like you know her face diaper that matches her outfit, she's like Ugh. she has like multiple outfits and multiple face diapers that God. match her outfit. Yeah, and yeah, I just yeah, I let me guess, I, yeah, knitted at home have, probably, so it probably. Uh, especially does nothing. Probably, but yeah, it's just you know I, I want to have you know an intellectual discussion with this person, you know, a rational discussion with this person, and I'm just trying to figure out how to broach that because like yeah, this person just comes into the store, it comes into the shop, the coffee shop, and it's just like yeah, it's just like. My ears start ringing, and you know, just seeing this gimp mask person is just—it's just disturbing. I mean, especially out in the countryside where no one else does this stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just yeah. trying to figure out how to how to broach that exactly. So, well, I like the thinking, man. It's um, it is sort of little acts of mischief and rebellion that are going to yeah. push back on a lot of what what has become cultural norms. You know, you wonder. Yeah. You go back two years and people people would have pushed back and were pushing back, saying, "Well, what do you care? So it's not that hard to put a mask on. Oh, it's not that hard yeah, to right. stand six feet apart from people." Yeah, but you redefine what normal is over time, and now all of a sudden we got X amount We've of society so far afraid right. to look at a person's face or you know masking up their baby with an N95 like you're talking about it's just you shift those norms and all of a sudden society and culture become unrecognizable over time those little things do matter and so in the same way that our culture has shifted so drastically with all of these supposedly subtle changes I mean the subtle things that you're talking about stand to do the same thing and I think that there's a lot of people who agree with you they're just maybe um, not confrontational enough to do it and I'm probably part of that crowd to be honest yeah it's just, yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of, I mean, like, because I still carry that portfolio of articles with me. I, I think the one I'm going to play is, you know, 30 million people died in the 1918 flu pandemic, not because of the supposed flu pandemic, because of face diaper wearing and the resulting, you know, pneumonia bacteria is what did it. You know, hmm. 30 million people dead, you know, from face diapers, from pneumonia bacteria. So it's like, hmm. I, 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 need to, I need to pull up that article again. And that's probably the first one, you know, I'm going to play, you know, it's like, I'm going to try to, I'm going to, I'm going to try and be as, you know, courteous and non-insulting and as, you know, logical and rational as I can be. 
Yeah. And I'm just going to, I'm, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to see where it goes from there. But it's like, I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk up to this girl. I'm just going to be like, you need an intervention. Okay. You, you, you need an <laughs> intervention. It yeah. is yeah. time to stop. It is time to stop. Okay. You know, they, you know, they like that old, uh, you know, filthy, filthy frame video or whatever, you know? Hmm. All right. Well, thank you for the thoughts and the enthusiasm, man. Yep. I appreciate it. And like I said, I'm going to upload a couple of those videos to the call and waiting room, uh, text chat and go from there. Sure. Godspeed. Thanks for the call. Yeah. You too. Thank you. Bye. Yep. You know, we talk about um uh he he referenced a uh, violent means of resistance when he was talking about uh what he saw, which was an attack on a politician. Right. And you know, the the knee-jerk reaction that we've heard for the last year or two, violence is never the answer. That's that's wrong. And I, I agree that that you don't attack people offensively. Um, but, but we have to wonder here who's committing the violence against whom in the context that he's talking about. He's talking about vaccine mandates. Now, we yeah. might not think that it's um, extremely it's not gory violent to force a vaccine on someone, but it is the forcible violation of their body. It is the forcible stabbing of their body. Maybe it's something more akin to it when is, you were stabbed violence. with a pencil in the third grade than it is like someone beheading you. But it is still a a, a use of violent force against another person. Well, we also don't know the long term implications of it. Yeah. So we, we should be viewing this as though it's an assault on our bodily autonomy with unknown right. long term consequences. And people are not doing that. I heard Computing Forever say that we should be treating them like they're pointing guns at us because that, in essence, is what they're doing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I, I obviously I wouldn't say that it's quite that immediate, um, but but there are unknown risks that exist. And in at least a small percentage of people, there is potential lethal risk. Yep. So maybe it's like Russian roulette where there are 10,000 chambers instead of six, mm -hmm. but nobody gets to play Russian roulette against your head. Yeah. Um, regardless of how many chambers are in that cylinder. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, you know, when we talk about these things, I just want to emphasize who's attacking whom. Yep. That's really what we're talking about. Anyway, we are due for a break. Let's um, let's All hop right. into the chat. Yeah. Um, we're good over on D Live. Thank you guys hanging out over there. I'll refresh Tippy Stream. If you got YouTube good to go, go for it. Uh, I do. Hold Mulray. Hi, Truth Seekers. Maybe you can help me with something. If T1 is the mean time for a conspiracy theory to become the new normal and T2 is the collective memory of the public, which is greater T1 or T2? Uh... Wait, wait, wait. I'll need that repeated once more. So T1 is the mean time for a conspiracy theory to become the new norm. Okay. And T2 is the collective memory of the public, which is greater T1 or T2. Um, it must be T1 because these conspiracy theories, at least if you mean uh, as levied by the federal government, are outlasting the collective memory of the general public. So, T1. Yeah, I guess. I guess I'm just confused because we're comparing a time measurement versus a memory measurement among the... The length of the memory of the general public. The length of the memory. Okay. I will punt and agree with your assessment because I'm not 100% sure I follow. Um, Long Dong John says, yay, I can't wait for Frotchy to face absolutely no consequences again. Yeah, I am ashamed that I have not been following this Project Veritas story. I've had a really busy day. Uh, we'll talk about it on Sunday. I've um, I have not gone into the details, but yeah, as far as I understand, yet again, more evidence that um, knowledge of funding of the labs from which these uh, from which this virus came was uh, held. By people in power long before they claimed 
uh, not to have it or you know whatever. It's, it's more evidence that people knew. That people knew. And of course, we're well on the what track surprise. to the end stage of the trajectory here, which is not only that it was intentionally made, not only that Dr. Fauci knew about it, but that Dr. Fauci personally made the virus and that we all paid for it. We're, <laughs> yep. we're very close. Very, very freaking, close. We are very close. A freaking sweet talk. I have a new riddle and this one's a scream. Every early life section has what common theme? I think um, that, that people have wholesome Christian upbringings and I don't know what you're talking about. You mm. silly goy. Stop sending us JQ riddles. <laughs> okay. That's the last one. Okay. Uh, over on uh, Tippy stream, Phil says RIP Colin Flaherty, which uh, you were just referencing before the stream. Yeah. I, I didn't, um, I, I kind of encountered him here and there, but I think you probably knew him uh, better than I did. Certainly. Yeah. What a bummer. What a bummer. Mm. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, that's news to me. But uh, but all the best to uh, his family, of course. Thanks, Phil. Um, Incompetent Hand says, Blonde's favorite words are low IQ nonsense in that order. So I do say mu- that a lot, don't I? So the Muslims are out. The Chinese can't grow beards or themselves over 5'8". Uh, plus, you'd look cute in an... <laughs> Blonde would look cute in an IDF uniform. All right. Just saying. I don't know if you'll be doing any modeling anytime soon. I but sure uh, All right. I think we are all set. We will uh, come back to your chats uh, at the top of the hour. Um, in the meantime. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Next up is uh, Initial D. Initial D, you there? Yes, Sam. What's on your mind? All right. So... I guess I have two topics and I'm sure one sounds more interesting to you guys. Okay. I have possibly, hopefully an argument in favor of sports for blonde who I know hates them. I don't hate sports. I hate, uh, uh, sorry. I I am the one that has been bumping my desk. It's been me. Oh, I thought it was Um, me. I'm hyper conscious of it. Nope. It's my fault. It's because I sit with my legs crossed. Uh, Ah. no, I'm not against sports. Sports actually, uh, on a small level, increase testosterone. And I think that's good um, because of the competitive nature and the physical nature. And it stops people from getting fat. My problem is with having a culture uh, surrounded, surrounding this idolatry of rich left-wing minorities. It's bizarre. I hate all, I hate everything about it. I, I think, I think it's so weird. It's not sports per se, although I, it's not really my jam. Hmm. It's also like the, the celebrity culture around it. Like same with like Hollywood per se, right? Yeah, it's weird. Okay. I guess the other one then is, so I have this very, very important thing I have to do for a school. I'm, I'm a teacher. They're, they're forcing us to do at least one lesson next month on Black History Month. So I need okay. some ideas as to how do I incorporate that? Because I teach math. So how do I go about doing that? What? You... It's very important. Okay, for, first of all, you, uh, if any department needs to be exempt from this sort of thing it's math all right that's not a there are no social components to this math is what it is or unless they want you to try to claim some mathematical concept was we're going to go highlight a mathematical concept invented by a black person or something is that the angle they want you to do if if you can find one but anyways uh uh can you talk about jesse lee peterson jesse lee peterson (laughs) I mean, it has to be within a math context. That's not going to help you at all. Well, I mean, 
Well, the chat will uh, the chat will inform you about some statistics. You could do a statistical analysis. True. Yes, <laughs> if, only I, if only I taught stats. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. Black that was people my, and math. Black but, mathematicians. But, but seriously speaking, I just I find it unbelievable that they want you to incorporate racial quotas into math. That's the expectation for you. What what well, happens? The, there's nothing more important. So I, I'm not I'm not sure what your <laughs> what your question is. I don't even know how you do it that. though. Yeah, I don't if even you just know. Just dismiss class and be like, "Listen, this is not black people's jam." I'm like, okay. yeah, what do you I, go home? I honestly don't know. That's like, I'm honestly not sure what the how to incorporate this. This so. is and this is the first year you've had to do this. You haven't done it before. <gasps> Thomas Soul, somebody well, just said that they, in the life. They've done it in, in oh, the past, but I, I'm yeah. a first year teacher, so. Can you do any kind of economic angles? Thomas Soul that's might so not smart. is yeah, more the like philosophy of the, of the gender wage gap. No, he uh, he oh, does yeah. some st- statistical stuff. But gender though doesn't really help me. I guess I could do it like by but it's like, but it's racial. but he's black, right? It's the teachings of a black guy. Which oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so yeah. I can I can red pill the students, but because it's from a black guy, they they have to allow it. You know what? That that's the play. That's what and I'm you really do. put them in a tough spot because if they don't like the uh, social perspectives of Thomas Sowell, yeah. then what are they doing? Exactly. They, yeah, they're denying a black perspective rejecting a black perspective during black history month that's a they're good play. silencing a, a black voice they can't do you know right. what y'all are geniuses this, this is well perfect. the chat you, gets chat. the credit on that one we yeah, were stumped thank you chat thank you matt thank you blonde fantastic I, i'll let you know how that goes okay so, i would yeah i would love send, send me an email because i'd love to hear how that goes um before we let you go do you want to do your sports defense really quick well no I, I, it seems that blonde mostly agrees because I, I mean i was oh, gonna okay. say basically yeah sports it's good for a like a growing young man i feel it like I, i'm sure yeah. it's for girls too i have no idea i'm not a girl so I, you know i wouldn't know but yeah it seems that blonde agrees with that so i i think we're all we're all on the same page with that one so. okay all right well all right, godspeed man I, I can't wait to hear how this goes this will be interesting right. you have thank a great you man. night thank you that is so stupid Ah, I should have asked if uh, public, I assume it's probably a public school that he's teaching at, but, uh, you know, if so, another entry in the chronicles of reasons to pull your kids from the public schools. Uh, All right. Next up is Dungeon Breath. Dungeon Breath, are you there? Mr. Dungeon Breath. Hello. What's on your mind? Hey, man. Um, so, you know, I called in a while back mm-hmm. and was talking about my P365. And it's ah. nice to see you uh, upgraded sometime in the interim. I guess I, I missed the actual show where you talked about when you got it. But uh, I got a I, really, I got a deal that was too good to refuse. So, had to pick it up. And uh, no regrets. It is a fantastic, uh, it's a fantastic carry piece. Did you get the standard or the XL? I got the standard um, because for me, concealment is my priority. And if I want to uh, increase capacity, I'll do that. But um, but yeah, I have a, f- a couple buddies who have XLs and I like the XL too. But um, but just for me, like I want to be able to carry confidently without printing uh, in the summer and, you know, just uh, wearing a T-shirt, all that kind of stuff. So I went with the standard. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big fan. Uh, glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, love it. So, uh, wanted to, I guess, just kind of uh, still for our our Charlotte meetup group. Um, I I kind of coordinated with all the all the guys there, and we got a we got a running Telegram group chat that we're we're constantly. Which I mean, uh, meetup group? Sorry, I, I lost you a little bit. 
what's uh um, oh, sorry charlotte oh charlotte okay oh cool yeah um i, I uh sent you a, i sent you a photo a while back of a meetup we had where where i made dinner but it didn't have all of us in the photo and it didn't make it into the show i was i was i was pissed that you you didn't put any photos <laughs> of my my good cook in there matt i'm sorry i don't i i uh <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't recall the specific no, photo, but um, but uh, I'm sorry um, but, I didn't deliver what you're looking for. No, don't be. <laughs> um, but so we're uh, we we've got a Telegram group chat where we're we're just talking like all the time, every day, and it's it's really a great group of guys, and they are really uh really good conversations every day, and kind of. I guess the local version of a sanity safe space where we're able to yeah. have our meetups. And I guess that was kind of the objective from the get go. So just wanted to shout them out today. I'm really thankful for you guys. And I'm really thankful for you for helping us set all that up. Well, thanks. We are, we are really thankful for the organization that comes off of this show and we're continually humbled and, and yeah. really uh, impressed by the sort of mini communities that spawn out of this. It's something that we never really thought about. X many years ago when we started yeah, doing this. We and really I, didn't. <laughs> and I will say, um, too, for all, all the people who may be moving or relocating, maybe you're finally getting the hell out of California. You're finally getting the hell out of New York. You're heading to a place like Charlotte, but you're the right sort of person to head to a place like Charlotte. I've heard a lot of success stories of people yeah. finding, hey, at least somebody to talk to, maybe go grab a drink, maybe meet a friend through um, the community pages and through the sort of um, group groups that are organizing like you're talking about. So I, I would take the opportunity to tell people if you're if you're in a new place or maybe you're in the old place, but all your friends have disowned you for your unvaccinated sins or whatever. <laughs> I know it's not the most organized thing. It's kind of a mess, but there are a lot of contact information on the community page of the website. You can find some like minded yeah, people. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I'm really, I really appreciate hearing that it's working out because that's awesome. That's, I'm glad to know it. Yeah, definitely. If anyone's coming down to the uh, North Carolina area or even northern South Carolina, um, definitely hit us up. Um, yeah, you'll you'll find us any any of us in the uh, in the meetup page, mm. uh, Google Sheet. But um, definitely glad to have you because we we're very welcoming and we'll get you get you folded into the family down here. But, uh, yeah, I, that, I, that was pretty much all I had. Well, thanks for thanks for letting us know. I appreciate it. And um, I've never really done much of an East Coast tour. I've been to D.C. and that's about it. So when did um, you go to D.C.? Hey, come down this way, man. I'll, I got a killer range I'll take you to. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, I've been to D.C. a yeah, few times been. for my old job. I had to go sometimes. My brother was in D.C. for a long time. Really? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was at the Army Hospital for like a year. So mm. my dad was there that whole time and, and I had to go for that. Um, and that's really the only East coast place I've been not, I would love to go to see, I'd love to see colonial his, historical sites in say like Boston. I'd love to see yeah. civil war battlefields. That'd be really cool. I don't know that I have that much interest in the urban centers where I'm, I would have liked to go see New York and see the statue of Liberty, but you know, the, the communist hellscape is less appealing now. So yeah, I don't know. you're not interested in that. You don't want to see it. Yeah, not worth it. All right. Well, uh, thank you for the uh, the kind words, and I'm glad to hear that things are working out, man. Uh, send our regards to the group. Yeah, man. Uh, oh, hey, uh, congrats on yeah. the kid, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Have a great night.
Oh, oh, and shout out to uh, also my buddy, uh, my buddy Stephen and Jordan. They they both listen to the show as well. They just had their kid, and uh, oh, congratulations! Kind of, yeah, they're following y'all's footsteps, but they they're they're also show fans. But um, yeah, I'm sure they're up at night right now, getting kept up by their baby. Yeah, that's the newborn life. Yeah. Mm. All right. Thank you, man. Have a great night. All right. Good night. Okay, next up is that uh, call list fortifier, Red Falcor. Oh, hey. Yes. Hello there. <laughs> you know, the big Welcome. lie is that Red Falcor doesn't cheat in his uh, in his uh, his place in the roll call. That's the big that lie. Is, uh, th- that is the big lie. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're on to me once again. Hey, uh... Uh, it's good to be back, you guys. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry you belated too. Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I'll try to fire through topics tonight. I've got, I wanted to tell you guys about peoplesrights.org. Peoplesrights.org. Which is a visit. Yes, which is a uh, organization that is uh, aligned with the values of this show, I think, as far as I can tell oh. from the involvement I've had so far. Well, this is clearly a hate group. It is a white heterosexual <laughs> nuclear family that's pictured front and center. Clearly. Uh, clearly. This is on the SPLC's list. I disavow. <laughs> I uh, ran into them uh, on a visit to a roundtable pizza. Don't know if you guys have those out there. but uh, um, Not here, but I've seen them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but they're not but they're not allowed back at uh, Roundtable Pizza. <laughs> but they are. Uh, I recommend that you guys uh, look them up because they're a good a potential uh, s- well, social networking. In uh, all seriousness, I scroll is- down. I scroll down on their page, and they've got some kind of explanatory video, and it's age restricted by YouTube. Do you have any idea why wow. that might be? Uh, it- not off the top of my head. No. Huh. I no, wonder what but- they did. <laughs> <laughs> oh here it is they have other videos such as with anarchy spreading and tyranny expanding we must unite to defend ourselves that's clearly that's way outside what is acceptable oh, yeah. on youtube oh, another yeah. video Absolutely. called protect your family also not allowed <laughs> not yeah. allowed not allowed uh for sure um so yeah and and and, and i actually in our last uh zoom meeting uh the, the that they held um, because I met them locally, but they're kind of spread out right now. Um, I told them about you and about the contact sheet too. So maybe they'll be Hmm. uh, in touch uh, socially that way. It's kind of an older crowd. You know, the show skews younger, I'd say. Um, So this is like the older um, conservative types, uh, anti-lockdown types so this is just base level american stuff you click on your rights the right to life paragraph of explanation the right to liberty paragraph of explanation the right to exclusive ownership and control of your property paragraph of explanation yeah they got a whole bunch of other stuff on here but this is yeah i mean these are fundamental declaration of independence concepts and uh, i i find it shocking that any of this would be yeah um it's shocking that it's necessary really i mean obviously we all have to be vigilant in keeping these concepts at the forefront of our minds but the idea that this is, um, well, I don't know, anything close to controversial enough for YouTube to start cracking down on it. It's just uh, normal stuff, even 20 years ago. Yeah. So it looks like, right. I mean, just surface level, it looks like something I'd be interested in. This is basically just networking. Is that all this is? 
Yeah, essentially. Yeah, and and there's and there's some elements of like uh, a political activism to, to to it as well. There's socialization. There, there's instruction on like uh, martial arts and and uh, ham radio use and uh, that sort of thing, uh, where they want people to be independent and um, you know rights focused and and mm. personal responsibility focused and um wow they also have a list um, of things you don't have a right to this is really interesting number one success <laughs> you don't have a right to success number two you don't have a right to health care yeah. number three you don't have a right to another person's property number four you don't have a right never to be offended number five is very specific you do not have a right to internet access yeah and then lastly, number six, you don't have a right to be served. Some of those might c sound controversial. I agree um, on principle with every single one of them. You don't have a fundamental yeah. right. Like no one has to give you their services, their labor, their property. It might be nice of them to do that and you can try to convince them. But but fundamentally, they don't owe it. Owe those things to you. You don't have a right to them. Yeah. Yeah. So so, so, so they really seem like our people. Uh, yeah. But, uh, and I've only been to a handful to a handful of uh, meetings, uh, but they're uh, they they'd be a great connection because um, the left never gives up, so uh, neither should we. And yeah, this is this is exactly the sort of stuff that we've been thinking about and talking about for the last couple of years. It's it's making sure that you are um, thinking about these important base level fundamental concepts and connecting with people who share those values. The biggest the weapon they have against protect yourself. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, the biggest weapon that they have against us is not in fact the military or the, the federal government's resources. It's the fact that we are kind of, it's the fact that we're disconnected. It's the fact that we are isolated from right. one another and that we believe that we're the only ones thinking these thoughts when in fact a hell of a lot of people around us are, agree with everything that's going on with our head yeah. uh, in our heads. So yeah, they want you feeling like the crazy one. Exactly. They're the the they're the cry as they strike you type. Mm. Yeah. Um not not the people's rights, they're the opposite. <laughs> so yeah. so again that's uh, that's uh, peoplesrights.org and I encourage everybody to check them out who happens to be listening right now. Yeah. So yeah, well All right. um I could uh, I could do more but that's about my time so I appreciate Yeah, I'll you give guys. you a final word if you want it, but uh but other than that, thanks for the call. Man. <sighs> Um, I mean, just you know, you know, you know. I think um, Ben Shapiro says something to this effect: um, is is that the the reason that c concepts like socialism survive uh, is because so, so, socialism is essentially what we do inside the home, right? As a child, mm -hmm. right? It's it's from each according to their ability. To, to to each according to their need. That's how a home works. Yeah. But but, but as you scale up the system, you need more more of an independent, liberty-minded conservative approach because the li liberal socialist approach just doesn't work. You can't yeah. can, cannot tr tr treat the whole world as your family. There, there's too many needs and yeah it's too much and and in fact the world suffers when we try to the world succeeds and prospers when each person takes care of their closest and most important responsibilities that being you and your family 
If everybody does that, we have a very, very strong society to work with. If everybody yeah. abandons their responsibility and looks for someone else to take care of them, some external daddy out there, whether it's the government or rich people or whoever you mm-hmm. want to steal from, that's when we all get in trouble and we actually all suffer because yeah. there's nobody right. who can do that. So, so, so because of that economy, this uh, dichotomy, uh, this is an eternal struggle and, and we can't give in. Yeah, because the, that's exactly what they want. Well, thank you for the thoughts, man. Uh, appreciate yeah, the thanks, call. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, have a good night. Okay, Darlin is up next. Darlin, you there? Channel locked. Why does it say channel locked? I don't what? know, but I can hear you loud and clear, so I guess yeah, we're we good. Oh, oh, okay. I was, <laughs> I was just talking to Dangerous Spaces, and he's like, in the event that you know I don't get in there to warn you, he may just click over, and I was like, oh. Yeah, oh, no. that's kind of that's kind of how it happens. Is uh, have you have you called in before? Or is this your first? No, I'm first time calling. All right. Well, thanks for calling. Okay. But yeah, we just I just drag you in whenever we're ready. So it can be abrupt. Okay. I apologize for that. No, no problem. No problem. He, he's uh, good to have a conversation with. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, he's really uh, helped our production of this stream immensely. So we're glad to have him. Yeah, he sounds pretty great. So before I tell you guys what I want to tell you, I just want to thank you, Blonde, because I started listening to the Bible in a Year podcast. Hey, mm. great. Are you liking it? I do like it. I'm actually learning quite a bit. And it's pretty cool because my best friend happens to be Catholic. And she has grown immensely in her faith in the last six or seven months. And her whole family's Catholic. And my boyfriend was actually raised Catholic. However, he's stepped away from Catholicism. And now he's a Christian. So I'm, I'm learning a whole lot about this. Me it's too. Pretty cool. Yeah. It's very helpful. It's just, it's hard to just sit down and read the Bible. So I, I really needed somebody to guide me through it. And this is the way. Yeah, I agree. Cause I'll, I'll listen to the scripture and then I'm thinking, wait, I'm not sure what, what this all means. And then he explains it and I'm like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Very yep, cool. Definitely. Old Testament. It's, it's brutal. It, yeah. It's a tough one. <laughs> um, so what I wanted to tell you guys is September of, or no, August of 2021, uh, me and my boyfriend went to Detweiler's. Oh, I'm in Florida, by the way. Okay. Um, so we went to Detweiler's, which is a really good uh, market. We go there for fish and all that. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very crowded. And then like a day later, he's like, I don't, I don't feel good. Like I feel kind of sick. And then it kind of just progressed from there. Oh. Um, lost his sense of smell and taste. He was in bed the most I've ever seen him lay in bed. Um, <clears throat> he had a fever. And it, I would say that lasted for like maybe two weeks, not the fever part of it, but just feeling like crap. Mm. And then two weeks after that, he kind of had a persistent cough going. So it took a while for him to essentially be well again. So he never got tested, um, but we were thinking he probably got COVID. So yeah. then I started questioning that because... In hindsight, regardless if it's COVID or just the common cold, you should never sleep next to somebody who's sick because nobody likes to be sick. Um, But me specifically, because I have uh, cystic fibrosis, which is a terminal lung disease, and I also have type 1 diabetes, but it's not traditional type 1. It's cystic fibrosis-related type 1, which is a separate diagnosis. However, you treat it the same way as type one. It's fine, honestly. I'm I'm totally square with it. I I'm good with it. It it is what it is. Um, so with that being said, 
all you hear in mainstream media is, you know, uh, these comorbidities and you guys are the ones that need to get vaccinated. You guys are the ones that should be the scared, should be scared of COVID the most. I never got sick, um, at all. And I was Hmm. with him constantly. And honestly, we know about, for lack of a better term, horse paste. So, (laughs) yeah. However, though, we actually did take horse paste. It's wow. apple flavor. Yes. Apple he, flavor. Was this, yes, I, I guess flavor. I didn't know it came in different flavors. Is this for oh, the horses or does it have, is there a reason behind that? I guess it's specifically for the horses. So all that right. maybe it's like a treat for them. I you went know. all in, you went all in on the horse paste. We did. Got it. So yeah, my, my boyfriend has been like really researching all of this. Like he deep dove into all of this, got the proper measurements and everything. Plus with, you know, Dr. Malone and Peter McCullough with their things. And I think it was um, the frontline COVID doctors that suggested that for preventative measures. So Mm -hmm. that's what I did. So we actually went to Dallas. He was still sick. And uh, in Dallas, I went and saw a City in Color concert. But I kind of felt like I might have been getting sick one night. Stuffy nose, kind of congested, a little bit of a sore throat. So I took some that night the next morning totally fine. So long story short, uh, I got blood work done yesterday and my results came back today. I have COVID-19 antibodies. Oh, so so you you did. You get sick. Yeah. So I, I, I guess got infected, but I had absolutely no symptoms. Didn't even know that I was sick. That's wild. It must be, it must've been Omicron. Oh, no, no, no. This was, um, end of August, beginning of September, 2021. So no, yeah, no, so either Delta or the Alpha strain. And um, and so, your boyfriend's in in good health, or is he? He doesn't have any kind of chronic condition or anything. Nope, he is totally fine. He just wow. kind of. And actually, when when he was really really sick, he backed off of the horse pace because he wanted his body to fight it off hmm. rather than taking anything else to maybe help that. So he's waiting on his results for his antibodies, but I think mine. I guess they're kind of high. Because the um, the the table for it it says less than zero point eight, and mine are like forty nine point seven. Oh, really? That is really yeah. High. yeah. So I'm also a body piercer. So he's got a theory that perhaps I'm being exposed to it more and more, and that's why my antibodies could be as high as they are now. Yeah, maybe. My like... antibodies were like one point seven. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, that. Huh. Yeah, yeah. 49.7. So that's, that's really crazy. crazy. It's it's weird how variable it is because I don't have any respite like underlying conditions and I got sick as shit, like very sick. I didn't nearly die or anything, but I just felt like garbage for a month. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. no, it's fine. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm happy I have natural immunity. Um. Also, you're everyone's going to get it eventually. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, like, I've had my endocrinologist, um, you know, for diabetes, she asked me on one of our last visits if I was vaccinated, and I told her no. And she asked me why. And I said, well, with everything that I've uh, seen and read, I feel like the vaccine may be more, um, yeah, the, the thing may be more of a risk to me than actually getting COVID. And honestly, it turns I've out you were right. I was right, yeah. And I've had pneumonia a couple of times. I've had the flu a couple of times. And if that didn't kill me, I really didn't think that COVID would. Mm. Um, so 
How are your lungs? Like what's your lung quality? So when I was first diagnosed, it was 50%. Now I've been on Trikafta, which is the latest cystic fibrosis medication for like four years. And my lung function has gone up exponentially. I think it's like 70 right now or or maybe a little bit higher. But I've also been getting back into the gym to kind of help get more active and breathe better. But I feel really good. Um, And I actually asked my doctors if maybe the Trikafta had anything to do with me not getting COVID for as long as I haven't gotten it. And they said, no. However, it has made me healthier than I've been in a really long time. Yeah, I'm so sure that's that part of it too. Just the ability to yeah. to fight it off if you do contract it. But wow, what a, what a weird series of circumstances. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I, I was almost tempted to go on Facebook and be like, hey guys, so CF or type 1 diabetic, guess who has antibodies? Guess who caught COVID and didn't die? You should stop yeah. listening to the media. Well, yeah, and that's the thing that I get so frustrated with too is the screeching that is supposedly on behalf of people like you as though you are in total agreement you know it's the same thing with the elderly and one of the saddest things that i've seen throughout this whole experience is that protest in the denver area where you got people in the nursing home put holding up signs please let us see our children please we don't want to be alone it's like we we we're supposedly protecting the vulnerable but nobody ever bothered to consult them and I'm sure there are some people who agree with the CNN hysteria, but there are other people with serious conditions like you're talking about where no, nobody asked you before they screeched on your behalf. They, they don't right. actually care what you think. They just want to claim you as a, a, a useful tool in their uh, in their pursuits. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, honestly, I would love to see some data from people like me who are supposedly the most vulnerable got COVID and survived and are totally fine but i don't think that there is any such data available if they're Mm. even doing any kind of research on that topic at all Mm. no instead it's all um you know race breakdowns gender breakdowns how coronavirus is racist and sexist you get you get that kind of information well thank you for uh for the call and for the uh the story i appreciate it yeah. Um, one last thing. I'm, I'm a body piercer. And the first caller that you had had that um, hate hoax story. Yeah. I had a Jewish client that claimed when she was wearing her Jewish neck, her Jewish necklace in France, a woman approached her and told her that if she didn't take it off, she'd be arrested. And this girl was she's 18. So hmm. do what you want with that. Oh my gosh. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> just thought I'd throw that out there. All right. Liar. Have a great night. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks. You too. Okay, we are due for another break. We're Let actually good see. over here. Okay, um, we're set on D Live. Let me uh, check in on Tippy Stream for a moment, and then uh, let's see. The uh, wow, the FBI is in the Tippy Stream chat, so they're on to <laughs> us. By the way, one thing I can't wait to talk about on Sunday: the January sixth committee looked into it. Ray Epps, not an FBI informant. He's not a uh-huh. Fed. It, did Snopes comment not, on that? Yet? Not only, yeah, not only, you're right. Not only did um, the January 6th committee reach this conclusion after interviewing Ray Epps, uh, but Snopes has come out and said that is correct. Uh, Ray Epps is not a Fed. So just in case you had any lingering wonder about why Ray I, Epps... I was, but they've definitely laid it to rest, so I'll never I'll never think he was a Fed. Yeah, we won't talk about any... Uh, any of that misinformation on our stream. But the FBI now in our tippy stream chat says 
Mr. Christensen, last week you were talking about writing a fictional novel regarding political intrigue. Yes, I recall. I uh, I have been working about this. Fant- I've been working on this fantastic piece of fiction uh, that has absolutely no basis in reality. We at the FBI are excited excited to announce our new creative writing workshop. We would be more than happy to contribute ideas for your plot anytime. Well, that sounds great. Uh, tell you what, send me an email. We'll meet down at the coffee shop. Um, and you know, if you guys could bring, um, uh, I don't know, uh, various components of illegal firearms configurations when you come, that would also be great. Yeah. Uh, that's, I want to write about that in my novel. And if I had any practical examples to work with, that would really help me out. Um, appreciate it. Thank you. I think, uh, that's it for now let me double check here um yeah we're good we'll come back to uh the chat if the fbi doesn't shut it down we'll come back to the super chat at the end of the show thank you guys um oh that's my stupid sounder system didn't work i can't even get jen all right whatever um whatever jen oh wait here it goes Um, there we go (laughs) half of it (laughs) close enough or um i'll have to just circle back with you Orwell's ghost is up next. Orwell, you there? America. Oh, yeah. Don't say anything incriminating. You're you're live. Or do? I'm... Yeah. Oh my bad. I was literally talking to start. <laughs> no, you're good. I just like to give people a warning because you never know. Sometimes we've had a few. Maybe I should clean up that system a little bit better. We've only had a few. Why? Really bad entries into the stream. <laughs> Uh, we've no, no, taken... no, no, no. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that guy jerking off that one time? There may or may not have been. Yeah, there may or may not have been pornographic audio. Once. There was. No, no, no. I was I was talking. I was I'm sorry. I was talking to the screen about uh, about some some about aboriginals in uh, Australia. But anyhow, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no. So I um, have. Have you guys ever heard? Blonde might have heard of him, but have you ever heard of Smedley Butler? No, I don't know the name. Smegma butthole. It sounds like say? smelly butt. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, smegma butthole. Um, no, <laughs> Smedley Smedley Butler was a um, he was a Marine Corps general back in the thirties. Um, ended up and retired. He, long story short, he wore he wrote the book War Is a Racket. So he was kind of I like I know about um, this guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so um, he he's he he would be like a legal man's ilk. Um. So he basically talked about how it's everything, everything about sort of, you know, Eisenhower's military industrial complex is geared towards the the government making money for all the big, you know, you know war, war financiers and war corporations. Yeah. Um, and I, I heard an interesting story the other day. So if, if and if you look this guy up, and I'll send you an email of him, Matt, but. There was a there was an incident about a year ago that got swept under the rug by the Marine Corps, um, and there were articles about it. But at any rate, about three years ago, two or three years ago, Marine uh, Marine Special Operations Command, um, their commanding general, basically really abruptly told the um, uh, the Special Ops Battalion out on the West Coast that they were going to get all consolidated to Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, uh, specifically Stones Bay, where they operate, or um, 
uh, Courthouse Bay, I think, where they operate. Well, anyhow, um, everybody was really just blown away by, you know, they were really thrown. They were like, what the hell? Like, everybody's built life out here. Like, we built, you know, yeah. $100 million facilities out here. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, and now we've got, like, and, and he gave them, like, virtually no time. This was completely mm-hmm. unannounced. And it was like no time. Well, turns out, um, turns out like a week or two before that, and this came out in, in sort of a, an investigation, he purchased up a bunch of like a shit ton of land around Camp Lejeune, North mm-hmm. Carolina. Really? Um, specific- yeah, specifically in the area where those, um, where those battalions are located. And within you know, weeks of, of the announcement that he made unilaterally, all that land got bought up by developers. And so essentially my understanding is the brass came down and were like, okay, here are your options. We're going to court martial you or we're going to let you retire right now with your pension. And we're not going to mess with you. And I'm sitting back and I'm like, what the fuck do you give this guy? The opportunity to retire. Yeah, that's uh, that's a sweet golden parachute for his abuse. Yeah. Did yeah. did he in fact yeah. retire? Is that the path that he took? Yes, yes. Yeah, I guess oh, why yeah. wouldn't he? I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, of so course. He, yeah, no, he took court martial. He was like, no, I'm gonna take my odds with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he totally did, man. Like, I mean, and you know, obviously he retires with his like hundred and twenty, hundred thirty thousand dollar a year pension. You know, man. like plus yeah. his corrupt yeah, real estate it, earnings. You know, or his real estate it, gains. It, it's just, yeah. It's it's just I mean, and it's it's that is pure corruption at, at its highest level. And I'm sitting back thinking this is like one of my own. And I'm sitting back thinking to myself, there's so much to what these people talk about. Like Liz Warren, I mean, she is when when she had a little bit of a of like a moral backbone and an ethical backbone, when she used to talk about essentially the Pentagon is just a revolving door of generals coming in and you know, leaving and going to like Lockheed Martin or Lock, excuse me, uh, yeah, Lockheed and um, uh, Booz Allen and and Boeing. And I didn't realize this. I think I can't remember if it's Lockheed or if it's or if it's Boeing, but statute by statute, seven percent of our tax dollars go to Boeing. By statute, by, there's a federal law on this. Federal statute, yeah, seven percent. Oh God! I I, I got to see I got to see that I, I'm <laughs> that that sounds insane to me. I got to see some info. Yeah, it's huh. it's it's insane. It's it's insane. But okay, yeah that yeah it, it, that that came to my attention a couple days ago. And I, I like, and it makes sense because again the Marine Corps really swept it under the rug because it it looks so bad and I mean, it does it's not just looks bad it is bad it's awful. When, like that's, what yeah, year did this happen and what's the guy's name? I'll have to look into this. I think the guy's name is General Yu. Like how do Y-O-O. I spell it? Y O O. Yeah. General Yu. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This happened yeah, last, that, not last summer, uh, June 2020. Embroiled in scandals. Yeah. I think that's when he retired. So. Unethical yeah, real estate practices tied to the consolidation of all Marine Raider battalions to the East Coast, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I hadn't like I hadn't even read the article. This this is what just like was like just shop talk that we were talking about one day, and 
you know, sort of my Lysander Spooner legal man just radar practically exploded my head. I, I when when they said that, I was like, "You got, you've got to be kidding me." Lots of good puns, at least. The headline yeah. of this article is "Shame on you, Y O O." Yeah, got him. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyhow, I'll uh, if I get in next week, I should have some should have some really great news. So, um, I'll let you guys go early. I just wanted to drop that little one on you. Read yeah, more of the racket. It's it's essentially it's essentially like a like an old school pamphlet. Um, it's I think it's like thirty or forty pages or something like that. So yeah. Well, thanks for the info. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard anything about this, so appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. You guys take Have care. Bye bye. Right. Juggernaut, the destroyer's up next. Juggernaut, you there? Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. What's on your mind? What are your thoughts on electric vehicles? I don't know if I've ever heard you talk about them. Ooh. I mean, right now they're too impractical. I've, I don't really have a problem with us reducing our reliance on fossil fuels. I mean, if it, if it becomes more convenient to own, I'm fine with it. Truthfully, I don't know very much about them, though. Yeah, it's not. I, I haven't. Um, honestly, I've never even driven one. I'm not opposed to them necessarily. Uh, as far as I understand the technology right now, um, you have obviously a limitation in how far you're going to drive on any given charge. And then you got to find the charging stations when you do drive around. We could overcome that with additional charging stations. But I guess for me, if the if the premise behind them is, um, well, I guess there could be two. One could be environmental. The other could be uh, non-reliance on foreign countries for resources, as Blonde was mentioning. But as far as the environmental uh, so-called benefits of them, as far as I understand, um, we're not there in terms of the impact that the electricity itself, the production of the electricity produces uh, the the sort the greenhouse gas effect of that because yeah. it's not very there's not a lot of environmental benefit if you're plugging in an electric car uh, to harvest power that was produced from a coal fired uh, coal fired that's power true plant, for that's example true, yeah. the other problem is the batteries are also um, huge pain very, in the ass. Yeah, they're resource intensive in terms of the the resources that go into them there's a lot of environmental right, right. damage in that and then the disposal of the batteries is also an environmental and then concern. building the infrastructure you should uh, also note that in order that. to get the to manufacture the batteries you need to rely on foreign countries <laughs> because they're oh is that true batteries. those resources yeah. are uh, like foreign <laughs> extracted but yeah, because we don't have too many lithium mines in the U.S. Is there uh, any... Afghanistan had one of the largest, and I think China has a large one, too. Afghanistan had one of the largest lithium mines. Really? Huh. Yeah, deposits. Opium yeah. and lithium, you say. They, that's Pretty that's sure, they yeah. Um, okay, so I, I assume you probably know more about this than I do, because uh, I know very little. But are there any, as the technology currently exists, are there any obvious advantages right now that I'm missing? No. <laughs> okay, well, that's very simple. All right. Uh, is it maybe less. it's more cost effective? Maybe the power, maybe you get your cost per mile might be less than an electric car right now. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely more cost effective. But I mean, okay, you're, it's going to cost more to buy the vehicle itself. So yeah, there's that, it, and then I, I'm told that it. maintenance is less too. But I don't know if that's true. As no, far as that's not true. Is it not true? Okay. 
you mean maintaining the vehicle or you mean yeah yeah it, like i mean ma- i mean okay, maintaining well, yeah as far i don't know what the routine maintenance on an electric car is though yeah it is less it is less You're okay right. wrong. yeah um hybrids on the other hand are neat no it's got a gas motor it powers a giant electric motor yeah you get really good fuel efficiency yeah, I've never, I've actually never, I've, I've ridden in a Prius. I've never driven a hybrid either, though. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't have the driver experience. But I know that um, as far as performance, they're getting a lot of electric cars that are super fast, as far as I understand. Like are a they? Lot of, yeah, like a lot of good power coming out of electric cars. Yeah. But. Um, kind of annoys me. <laughs> why? Why is that? Oh, well, you know, they're like, oh, it's the future. Look at how fast these things are. And I'm yeah. sitting there kind of thinking like, yeah, you know why production cars aren't that fast, right? It's like you're sitting here, the government's sitting here trying to make gas-powered cars less and less powerful and produce less and less emissions. Yeah. And then they're propping these electric vehicles up with grants and all this. And it's like, yeah, no wonder. Well, and you know that the, as as electric vehicles become more commercially viable, the same sort of... um either restrictions, regulations, or incentive structures against that sort of thing will also apply. I'm going to assume that to make a faster electric car is also more resource intensive. I don't know all the physics and how all of this works, but I'm guessing that you probably use more power in a faster electric car than you do in a slower one. And therefore there's an incentive for government or whoever's regulating to um, crack down on your usage of the energy. So it's not like we're all going to be driving, you know, zero to 60 in three second cars in the future as a norm, even if it was technologically uh, it, possible. It only consumes more power when you're actually going super fast. Um, uh, you mean it the uh, consumes more power? Like, how? It, like uh, can you explain that? If you're traveling at 160 miles per hour in an electric car, you're consuming more electricity. Than if you were traveling the same distance at, say, 60 it's the same for super powerful electric cars and non powerful mm. electric cars if you're just doing like highway speeds. Yeah. It might yeah, even be I, more efficient for the fast ones, but anyways, I've taken I've, up I've, enough of your time, so Yeah, thanks for the uh thanks for the thoughts. I, I probably think it probably I don't know, you tell me. I'm guessing in my lifetime, I don't know if elect, electric cars will be the norm, but maybe in say our kids' lifetime. How far off do you think this tech is before we let you go? Uh maybe ten years. Oh, so it's really? closer than I thought. Have, we technically have super batteries, like, but the hmm. problem is they suffer from instant death, basically. So you oh. might just go outside and your car just doesn't work anymore if we use them. But yeah. they do have an amazing range. So that's cool. Maybe it's closer than I thought. Yeah. All right, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Are you? Uh, if the technology got up to speed, would you be interested in an electric car, or do you feel like there's something? Are you open to the concept or are you resistant to it? Yeah, but it has to be equally as convenient. So assuming all things were equal, the power, the performance of the car and the cost, all those things were the I'd same. I have to do some research on the on the actual benefits. Uh, hmm. I don't because I'm not really buying that this is beneficial for the environment. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't I know that it's there's no rational reason for this for me, but just the i don't the combustion engine is great just the the roar of a combustion engine i like that i want that yeah 
And I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm not I know that's like, it's like me saying, oh man, I love um, the smell of horses while I'm riding in my wagon. I know that's dumb. Not to, necessarily. Like, to resist what is clearly beneficial or clearly better from a technological standpoint. But, um, you know, smells is the strongest trigger of memory. And then one of the, one of the greatest smells that triggers memory for people is gasoline. Yeah. I, there's just a lot I love about, I don't know, cars as they currently exist. And, I don't know. I I shouldn't be an old curmudgeon resistant to change if the tech gets uh, if the tech keeps improving. But uh, uh, yeah, we'll but it's also it's kind of gay right now. Too. <laughs> like the culture surrounding electric cars has to change. It has to be at least fifty percent less gay. Yeah. More than that, it's just this fart sniffing thing. It's this uh, South Park well, did a whole episode about this. Like, yeah, the, there's definitely car. truth to that. That's demonstrated in that um, the Prius and other electric cars sold less well when they had the less distinct look because people wanted the badge of look. My, right. I have an environmentally friendly car. Um, that's not a shot on electric cars as a technology, but it does demonstrate that there's a certain. Uh, percentage of the consumer base that just wants the social cred that goes along with a, a so-called environmentally responsible car. Right. Anyway, um, next up is Mean Steve. Steve, you there? Hey, yeah. Hey, Matt. Hey, Blonde. Hi. What's on your mind? Um. Yeah, so I called in uh, a couple weeks ago. We were talking about uh, building uh, Terminator robots for the CDC. Yeah, that's right. I remember. <laughs> so not to go down that rabbit hole again but uh just kind of concerns questions i have about like just technology in general um it's so, like throughout history technology tends to have a couple of different trends right like you can do you can do more with less people seems to be like one of the recurring trends and um one of the biggest complaints about like automation and robotics and all that jazz is Oh, you're replacing jobs. You're displacing people, mm-hmm. and a lot a common uh, rebuttal to that is, well, you're, you're also creating new jobs at the same time, mm-hmm. which is which is true. But I think you're kind of raising the bar for like the minimum IQ required for these new jobs. It's kind of like slowly phasing out people from the workforce. Mm-hmm. And um, Jordan Peterson kind of talks about this, where he talks about you know if you if you know how to use a computer, you're pretty much good to go. If you're good with a computer, even better. If you know how to like build computers and like create that stuff, then you're you're set. But if you're, you know, <laughs> if you can't, you're kind of. I guess my my question, my concern is, is kind of like, what do we do <laughs> with all these people, like to no fault of their own, are being effectively like phased out of the workforce? And I, yeah. I'm I'm not really. A, I'm not a fan of like UBI and all that kind of stuff, but I, I kind of hate seeing it as like an, an inevitability. Mm. I was wondering if you guys had any thoughts about that kind of stuff. Well, if we expelled immigrants, then we could just use our <laughs> own low IQ population to do all the menial jobs that nobody else wants to do. Step right, one, so that's, catapults. That's, <laughs> step one, check. But I guess my concern is that that stuff is being phased out kind of like regardless and having like worked in robotics and been in that industry, I think the rate at this is quite alarming. And then when yeah. you consider advancements in AI and whatnot, you know, yeah. so you're talking a, about all menial lab- labor being, uh, becoming obsolete basically. Hmm. Yeah. That, and then, uh, even 
so I was I did like electro mechanical electro oh my god I can't even say it electromechanical type design work and then mm -hmm. I'm thinking oh you know I'm safe my job's safe I'm like this super smart guy right um, but they already have like AI different algorithms and uh, iterative generative design stuff that's like effectively replacing my job so yeah. not even like not even what you would consider like a high level position is effectively safe so well I think. <sighs> I think you want to be on, I, I know that at, at some level, I'm probably telling a 50 year old guy with a manual labor job to learn to code here. And maybe that's not the yeah. best advice, but I think there's another side of the coin to this. That is to say, obviously, if you have high level computer skills, you're pretty safe in terms of finding a job right now, but that's not necessarily always going to be the case either. That is to say, um, you might be the greatest computer nerd in the world, but if the world goes to hell and you have no skills with which <laughs> to build things or work with your hands, you're also screwed. So right. even though there's a lot of comfort in being computer savvy, I don't even like the idea of those people being too comfortable either because there's the world we exist in right now is, is not the norm. This is a, yeah, a very small true. blip of massive prosperity that the world hasn't really known before. Um, I know that's not strictly your question, but but I just think like I, I wouldn't be so confident in computer skills being the saving grace either. They're, oh, yeah, they're, no, I, I agree. And like if they do unlock this kind of holy grail of like AI stuff, uh, some of the computer software stuff will be even more replaceable because now you yeah. have the computer just like writing its own code. Like you're not going to need software yeah. engineers at all. Like the only remaining jobs are going to be. I don't know, like an actual doctor or, but even then, I don't know. It's, it, I think Dude, it, what, that what is our fate me? though. We're going to engineer <laughs> ourselves out of existence. Yeah. That, that is, is our true. fate. It's, yeah, it, yeah, it'll but, get there. Probably not for like, us, but not that far off either. And that's, yeah, that's what kind of concerns me about it. I used to think like, ah, oh, never, not in my lifetime, but I, I don't know. I think you'd be surprised how fast things are, are picking up. Like, like for example, um, and, and I get some of the arguments against it, it almost sounds kind of silly in a way with like uh, automating all the trucker jobs, right? For example, let's, let's automate all the, all the trucks. And then some people were like, well, what about all the truck drivers? It's our fair point. You know, you'd get all these people would be out of work, but is that, is that the only reason to not automate like trucking is because people wouldn't have a job, but like, wouldn't the ultimate goal be to like not have to work? But <laughs> I, I don't even know, like that as an not. ultimate goal, though. There's a there's a dignity and a purpose to work, regardless of whatever it is that you do. I just don't right. think people are going to be happy without work. Regardless, I, this I, will self-correct within three generations after the introduction of meaningful robotics in that manual labor is it becomes obsolete. Um, we can't support these people in the welfare state forever. And so people that don't have jobs that are necessary to society just won't be able to procreate. How ironic will it be if the heartless robots shut down the welfare state? Listen, we produce so all funny. the value here and you guys yeah. were cutting you off. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to say I'm like for or necessarily against that. I just like kind of uh, just some thoughts I've had uh, surrounding this just in general uh, for the last like, couple of years or so. It's just. Yeah. I mean, the, like, what I would, like, what I would say positively is I don't think that we're at the point where 
the capability of the human being is replaceable yet. Maybe that exists in the future, but I just think no matter what it is that you do, whether you do, whether you work with your hands or whether you type on a keyboard, you should always be thinking about ways to improve your skill set in something that you're not necessarily comfortable with. And I know I don't want to just yell at people and say, well, if you lose your job, just go get a new one, learn to code. You have to be somewhat flexible. You do. You do have to be adaptable. And it's not just for technology's sake. You never know when all the bullshit of the world cracks down on you with these vaccine mandates or anything else. It doesn't mean that it's fair, but you know, uh, large swaths of life are not fair and you have to be able to adapt to changing circumstances and be productive um, and, and capable in, in whatever is thrown your way. So, And you might have some bias uh, with overestimating the ability of robotics to, to truly um, eliminate manual and menial labor. Like, I, I, are we ever going to get there as a society, truly? I mean, every job, there, there's <laughs> yeah. going to be a, a some level of necessity for low-level work. There Not always true. will be. Uh, and that, that's just kind of like my concern of, it's just slowly raising the bar, too. So you're just slowly phasing out people like, oh, you, you used to, you know, build like this simple widget or something, right? And now, yeah. now a robot makes that. So, okay, so what would you do? Now you would maybe maintain the robots or you'd fix the robots. But okay, so of course, since they're making what you used to make, now what you're working on is like a degree more complex and maybe you can't quite pull that off. So you're almost going to get to this weird, I can almost picture like a dual reality happening at once where you have like almost like an Elysium society where they've like fully embraced AI and machines and robots. And then you have like, other people that are like, no, no, that's that's fine. They can do their <laughs> fancy robots. We're gonna just hang out here and live like like we always have or something. So I can see. We like, just have just to the... program the robots robots to give us all their shit. That's yeah. it. Or <laughs> you got to be in charge of the programming. But then the, until they whole... learn how to take that. But yeah. Yeah, and then you can go down a whole like rabbit hole. Like if you know, say, I don't know, Facebook, they invent all the iRobots. Do they have to like subsidize all the UBI because they've phased out every meaningful job? I don't know. Anyway, I could probably talk on that. Yes. Yeah. That's a, that's a deep concept. I, I appreciate that. But the also, we're also forgetting about uh, societal collapse, which is a virtual inevitability. We're not going to be able to sustain the advances and the infrastructure of creating a robotic society when we're all like scavenging for food and shit. That's true. If I were to bet on whether I think the the absolute robot future or the caveman future I'm is I'm betting more on likely, the caveman future every time. I probably time, would. Yeah. I probably would. Mm-hmm. Like a return to uh, a return to dirt floors and rebuilding. That's the future uh, I would choose anyway. Reject modernity, return to tradition, right? Well, I just mean, yeah, I think right. I think there's going to be some sort of catastrophic conflict that preempts all of that uh, robot advancement anyway. I totally True. agree. Yeah. And some people think that that is the uh cataclysm like the AI is the singularity and that would be like our downfall if it, mm. it truly was, you know, achieved. I if remember anything, learning fu- about the singularity um mm. in 2014 and it was a time when I was like very afraid of death and it brought me such relief but now i look at the concept of the singularity and it just horrifies me it just horrifies me i would just never opt yes. into that hmm. it's weird how your perspective changes all these old people are just like these old tech people are just like i have to do whatever i can to never die it's like is that really what you want no no i think I, those people weird be, me out that'd be like suffering to live for eternity yeah yeah, yeah. But, i mean uh, so- agreed 100 percent 
Yeah, wow, like thanks you, for the the white pill. I feel awesome now. <laughs> maybe another white pill, maybe. If you're afraid of death or dying, what was what was life like for you like the billions of years before you existed? Yeah, that doesn't reassure me at all. The absence <laughs> okay. of existence is also is also terrifying. Yes, but you don't know what it was like, so. All right. All right, Mr. <laughs> Deep Level Philosophizer. We uh we got to we got to put us we got to put a stop to this. Okay, so well, we're gonna have a couple to. Good notes. All right. Well, we thank cool you. Uh, final, couple final no, I, I, I gotta let you go, but um, yeah, get out. But of I appreciate the thoughts, man. Uh, okay, I just want to say, love you guys. New Hampshire, the New England group I'm in is awesome. I'm okay. kind of the black sheep in my family now because yeah, I'm different than everyone else. So I found a new home with some of these folks. Oh, that's very, very nice. nice. I'm glad yeah. to hear it. Congratulations, man. Well, thank and, you. Uh, thanks, thanks for, for having the call. Me on. Yep. And uh, I'll keep it a more positive next time. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know that that was all negative. I think those are uh, interesting thoughts to think about. I just wonder I know. You know, when it's, when it's the robots testing. take over this show, what the hell is that going to be like? Probably not worth listening to. Who knows? I don't know. It's just this uh, this flavor in the air of of what's to come. It's a level of uncertainty that like I'm very uncomfortable with. You mm. never know what your future holds. But it's just like being in the center of is are we going to revert to an agrarian society or are we going to be um, taken over by our tech overlords? Doesn't that hang over, over you on a daily basis? Well, I just think confidence in the future is somewhat of a delusion regardless of circumstance. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> what? what? That's so true and depressing. I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm trying to be sincere. It's like no, it's true. People that are really hopeful about the future and optimistic, it always reads as well, delusional. I, I don't. I don't mean confidence as like good things are coming. I mean confidence as in I know what's going to happen. Oh, okay. And I thought that, you that's meant what like. I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't mean that to be too, um, too pessimistic. I mean like. Oh, well, I retract my cackle then. If I never retract your cackle, uh, if I, as in if I'm going to look forward to what's going to happen to me in 10 years the idea that i could plot that accurately um if you would ask me to do that 10 years ago i would have predicted almost nothing about my life as it currently exists now yeah. you try to keep yeah. yourself on the right track but the specifics of that there was no point in necessarily planning for those things because none of them panned out try to put yourself in a good position but i don't like to think a decade ahead. I like to think about today and tomorrow and making sure I'm making the best use of them right now. And having like a loose five-year plan. Yeah. You should be, you should put yourself on a trajectory, but I just don't want to fool myself into thinking like, okay, at this point I'm going to have these things achieved and my life is going to look like this. Odds are it probably won't. You'll have successes you didn't expect. You'll have horrible failures you didn't mm -hmm. expect. And you need and to be able to endure And you'll have successes that will be built on your failures. Yes. So... I just I, I don't I don't worry about a, a potential catastrophic future because I, I, for all I know, uh, tomorrow is the end of the world. Like who who the hell knows what a year from now even looks like? I, I try to keep myself on the right path today and trust that that will lead me to good things in the future. That's true. It's just all about Emmeline. That just yeah breaks my heart that, that I'm going to hand her a worse world than the one in which I grew up. Hmm, maybe it's like maybe I've not. already failed as a parent, you know? I, I don't think you're going to hand – there are aspects of the broad world out there that might be in trouble, but are you – there's no way that you personally are going to hand her a home that isn't worth having. It's the mission of your life. No, you're, but her life is going to be harder than mine. And, and we did hmm. grow up in a, a an unprecedented, uniquely easy time in human history. Like 
I was a 90s kid. Yeah, it was awesome. a good time. It was a good It time. was a good time, but I look back and think like maybe the downside of that is it made us soft. And I think for a lot of our generation, it did. And I don't exclude I don't feel myself. soft, do you? I don't feel, well, there are areas in which I'm soft, as in things I'm not prepared to handle that I should be prepared to. But the difference is now I'm aware of that. When I was 25, yeah. I was a crappy version of myself who was convinced I was so intelligent and knew everything. And in well, fact, it's not I was just a, that, but I think we both had a faith in uh, the quality of people, of diverse people <laughs> across the world. Um, and that's a really uh, difficult delusion yeah. to shake yourself from. Like when you realize that evil exists in the world, that's that's horrifying. I didn't get there until late 20s. Yeah. Uh, that I, I Younger me yeah. would have believed, oh, they're, they're just that, that's their culture. That's uh, they, this, you know, that you can't really say any of this is better or worse than others. I, I you know, I would have been one of those morally relativistic type people. For sure. I probably was too, or at anyway. least I didn't want to deal with it. So I just, uh, drank heavily. Yeah. I, uh, to, to me, worrying about tomorrow excessively is just a waste of today. And today is your only guarantee. So stick with today, today is not even guaranteed. I yeah. Mean, the, yeah. Dead in Make sure you minutes, use that know. wisely. Yeah. Let's see. Um, we're a little behind time, but we do have a light list of, um, questions. So we will give Batman last word, Batman, my apology for delay. Oh no. I, I was listening to y'all's, um, Talking about all that. That was good. Well, uh, that's what people come here for. You always, uh, you always bring the, um, the black pills delivered in a very compelling voice. Is that, uh, on the agenda tonight or do you have something else for us? Uh, well, it's never been my intention to black pill everybody. It just sort of happens. <laughs> Hyper realistic. How about that? Yeah. Why don't we go with that? Because. <laughs> Anything else that I come up with is just going to be more and more self-deprecating. Okay. Anyway, um, so last week, because I was on last week, uh, which means, of course, I'm not going to hear from y'all for three months, um, hmm. I brought up the fact that um, I actually had no intention of talking about the, the, the topic that we actually did discuss. So I guess this gives me an opportunity to um, talk about what I actually wanted to. And that was... Um, sort of the reason that we have this inability to organize as people of our political um, motivation, as it were. Yeah. yeah. So we were thinking about that earlier I've, tonight with this uh, organization that um, Red Falco was talking about, but what, what specifically about it? Uh, well, I heard his um, I heard his uh, his call, and I quite appreciated that. Uh, having said that, I have noticed that whenever I go somewhere where there are people that you know sort of share our values, are concerned, they spend so much more time shitting on each other than they do <laughs> actually trying to fix anything. That's probably true. And this is true. This is true of your chat. This is true of. Yeah. You know, are the Donald? This is true of a whole bunch of a whole bunch of stuff, and of course, there will be people who agree and post thumbs up emojis and shit of that nature. But like, we spend so much time judging people that ostensibly should be our allies and ostracizing them that we don't. It, it's impossible for us at this point 
Right. And initially, actually, what brought this up was this whole shebang with Jack Murphy before I actually knew anything about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and granted, yeah, he acted like a total fucking pussy at the end of the day. I will agree with that. But is he still an ally because of what he believes now, even if he was a porn star two years ago? But I have no or, evidence that he actually believes that now, you know? Right. But is he doing good for us now right and of course i'm like i said initially this was brought up by that thought but i have also seen him act like an absolute leftist um since then so i'm not going to necessarily use him as an example because somebody who claims he's an alpha male and then lashes out at a woman for something she didn't even do that's 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 leftist behavior I guess the broad purpose of what you're asking is uh, do we need to think about which fights are worth picking more? Is that a fair way of characterizing it? Yeah. And also maybe not lashing out quite as harshly against people who you don't immediately agree with. So another example of this would be, you know, Catholics versus Protestants, right? I don't know. Like this damn Protestants. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> you know, and you know, the fact is, I'm neither. I think yeah. I've mentioned before, I'm. We're the worst of all. A-religious. Well, I don't know, Blonde. Where do where do you like the the sort of where do the non faithful rank? Um. Well, I don't know. I mean, you can still be saved in your last moment of life if you accept Jesus Christ into your heart. So, but as it stands is now, that really meaningful, though. Yeah, of course it is. And. I don't see how, especially if the person who's judging you is an omnipotent being who can see into your soul and see whether or not you mean it. Yeah, then he'll know if there's genuine contrition for your sins and your rejection of faith and your mortal life. We have to give people every available opportunity to change their minds, no matter how stupid or immoral or Protestant they were. (laughs) Okay, and if somebody acts you know, immorally um, like Jack Murphy has, for example, and then changes their life to be a good person. And yeah. I'm not saying he has, I'm saying. And he should be, he should be forgiven. Right. But does he have to accept God in order to be brought to heaven or can he be a good person and be brought to heaven because he is a good person? I mean, it's hubristic for me to, to to say i don't know who whose soul is going to be safe and who's going to be saved but i think your best shot is is that you're going to have to you're going to have to be faithful okay how do you convince yourself to be faithful when you as you know sort of within yourself you don't believe um that necessarily that particular branch of faith is um, something that you can believe in. I mean, why? How do you know that? Faith is um, it's not it's not always something that just comes to you. It's something that's developed uh, through intellectual means. It's something that's that's searched for and sought after, and it's fed through reading the Bible and going to church. And it, it needs to be worked on. People act like faith is going to be you'll just feel God's grace and you'll know that that He's real, but it doesn't work like that for most people. That's not actually really how i feel about it 
um, to be clear, my entire family is Christian with the pretty singular exception of my branch of the family. I've had a lot of exposure to Christianity and it's a huge part of the reason why not only do I understand, like understand and embrace people who do embrace that, but I, I feel for them and I hate the way that Christianity has been reviled in the, um, in the, in the, cli the political climate that we have. Um, and I find that Christians are the best people to be around there. They will be the most loyal. They will, um, you well, know, doesn't that count the, for something? Oh, it absolutely does. But I can embrace the principles of Christianity without necessarily having to believe the doctrine. Don't you think? No. At the heart of Christianity is believing that Jesus died for your sins and that he's the son of God. And if you don't believe that, you can adopt Christian values all you want to all day, but you're just wearing a costume. You're not really Christian. You have to believe that if you want to call yourself a Christian. It's the, the most basic. Then you're not Christian. That's yeah, I guess the question not. Are, is the question that you're getting at about being a moral person or is it about yeah. being a Christian by title? I think, I think you Christians can still be create. a moral person, but it do. But I, I think that you're very seriously endangering the state of your soul. And you haven't told me why you don't believe these things. You just don't believe them. I was never brought up to believe them. And I have actually read pretty decent chunks of the Bible at this point. And I like, I, I like it. I like the storytelling. I like the moral messages. I, I like a whole bunch of it. The book of Daniel is one of my favorites. Um, it's fascinating. And I love the way that the story is told. You know, the whole meany, meany, tekel you farsin thing. Um, that's awesome. That's really fun. Um, and it's really interesting. And it brings across a wonderful moral message. But... I mean, that doesn't mean I think that there was ever a ghostly hand. Well, I mean, it sounds like you're in a crisis of faith, but I wouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater here. I, well, I, I wouldn't really consider myself in a crisis of faith. I think Then you're that... resolute and you're not working at your faith at all because you've already decided. Hmm. No, Everybody has a healthy amount of I... doubt in their faith. I don't no, know. I would encourage I you to keep searching. Just keep searching. Keep keep trying to find it. Maybe it'll come to you in a way that you don't expect, but don't give up. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't consider myself to be in a crisis of faith, personally. I like the idea of faith. Um, but I also know that Christianity um, sort of came upon us, um, historically speaking, in a relatively recent um in a relatively recent way right and i mean it changed our calendar it was momentous to be sure but i also don't think that we could read the bible and take everything literally and i don't think any christian that i've ever asked has ever wanted us to take it all literally no it's clearly allegorical um on some level but that is the the beauty of the bible it's discerning what's an allegory what's reality and applying that to a modern to to the modern world it's really dynamic it's a living it document <laughs> all right we we uh, gotta no, wrap yeah, no, here it, but it um, isn't but i'm just joking but it, uh. <laughs> give, we'll give you a final thought if you want 
uh, oh shit, uh, I've been put on the spot here. Um, <laughs> Make the case for the salvation of your soul, Two or seconds. forever burn. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I can't help but think that I, I'm. How do I put this? I don't think that a moral arbiter such as a god can look at a person who's lived a good life or has changed themselves to be good and simply doesn't see the um and simply doesn't see god for what he is and think this person needs to go to hell hmm. and think that that's a moral religion all right. And of course, every every Catholic uh, here listening is going to hate me, but um, <laughs> well, it that's the me default that, that you you weren't going to win them over mm. from well, the start. And hence, my initial point: this is why we can't get along, isn't it? I, I guess. I, well, I, yeah, yeah. Perhaps next time we should talk about that a little bit more because I I am in a similar spot uh, on how on what on what fights to pick, I suppose. Because yeah, years, I, a couple of years the, ago, I certainly would have been um, much more willing and eager to potentially um, challenge people on my quote unquote side because I didn't view sides as very important. And fundamentally, I think the truth is the first and foremost side that matters always. Um, that said, there are people with whom you might disagree that you could still share a country with and... And you need to identify right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then there are people who would kill you if they had a button to do it and they could get away with it. Those are the people yeah. you need to watch out for. And that's the real fight right now. Um, because that's, but yeah, well, there's v- various iterations, but yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, I will have to, we'll have to call it there. Yes, thank course. you for the call, man. Y'all have a good night. It. You as well. Good night. Okay, thank you guys for the calls tonight. Appreciate them all. And of course, um, if you would like to participate, but you're having trouble getting in live or maybe you can't participate live, you can send us an email question. The one and only place to do that is the contact page of the website, mattchristiansonmedia.com slash contact. Look for the look for the call in show form and we'll answer your email questions to close the show each week as we will right now. Dingo Darling says, if you could repeal the 17th Amendment, which is the popular election of U.S. senators, or the 19th Amendment, which is women's suffrage, for the good of the republic, which, if either, would you choose and why? Ooh. Um, well, I would have to go with the 19th. I think that it would have more protective long-term effects. This is a really interesting question. Um, I'm going to speak to this as a matter of pure practicality, not necessarily as a matter of principle or rights, but there's no question that the 19th Amendment and the women's vote in general tends to go toward people who are more constitutionally hostile than they might otherwise be. That is to say, if you only had men voting in this country, it would assuredly produce more constitutionally faithful uh, people entering office, people winning elections. Right. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, but just take a look at an electoral map and how it would go. Um, I think Joe Biden would have won like one state if men only voted. Just something to consider. The 17th Amendment, though, I think fundamentally um, 
the biggest problem, one of the biggest problems that we're facing as a country is straying away from the bargain uh, and and the the distribution of power between the federal government and the states. And more and more, we have erased state power centers, in this case, the states selecting their senators and sending them to D.C., and put those decisions in the hands of the people. Um, not that the people shouldn't have a lot of these decisions in their hands. They do. It's just it's a division of power between the federal government, the states and the people in those states. We've kind of erased a lot of that original bargain. I think that's a huge problem. I'd be inclined to go with the 17th. I knew that this was how this was going to play out. I see. I see what you're saying. But don't you think that we could revert to pre-amendment time and just it would be harder to to go back after we repeal the 19th, I think. Yeah, I guess the reason I'm going with this, I I have no doubt that the repeal of the 19th would produce the results that I want and that I think are more constitutionally faithful. But I don't want to go strictly on the end results. I think as a matter of mm. principle and yeah, a matter I, of I the process, um, the, the 17th Amendment is the right call and returning that power to the states where it originally belonged, even yeah. if it doesn't produce the uh, the things that I would like to see. The things that I would like. The ends I would like to achieve. <laughs> um, this is Heavy D, 2024. Why is Blonde so lukewarm on DeSantis for 2024? This man not only saved Florida from pandemic policies, but his leadership made Abbott take a similar approach for Texas. Two of the most populated states stood up to this COVID nonsense. Because of DeSantis, he's being attacked almost as badly, if not worse, than Trump was by the corporate press. And lastly, he would have a smoking hot first lady. I would like to get your deeper thoughts on DeSantis 2024 ticket. Um, DeSantis has some of the hallmarks of the Trump presidency, and I really don't want to fall into the same pattern of wholly advocating somebody that is part of the swamp because I agree with a few things that he's done, you know? Um, so yeah, okay, hot first lady. All right, that's great. Um, I think he's done well on COVID, although he is vaccinated and he's been at some pro-vaccination events. But fundamentally, I just don't believe that any politician is um, going to be true of heart in the way that we need to truly affect change. And I, I don't have any confidence in a political solution anymore. So m maybe DeSantis is different, but I just feel like every fucking politician is going to be more the same. And uh, Trump, that was just, that was all I had in me. I'm, I'm not doing it again for anyone else. Like, I'm, I'm just not going to. We're not going to have a president that's just going to bail us out of this horrific economic situation. These tech overlords, uh, the, the problems that are inherent to our, to our constitutional republic. It's like, why should I even advocate for any politician to do anything ever under any circumstances ever again in my life? Why? That question was for you specifically, so I will leave it there. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Heavy D. Charlie says, "With all, or we all agree that toxic masculinity must be eradicated, but how are we to teach our boys not to rape when the government wants to prick us without consent? Hey, this Ayo. is sort of like what we were talking about earlier. I mean, it is a, it's an act of forcible violence against people when you try to mandate this or you make it uh you you coerce businesses into making it a condition of employment uh, i would love to hear the advocates of this sort of thing explain to me as a matter of principle how it's any different we can talk about degrees of violence maybe not maybe it's not as violent as uh 
as some of the uh, horrific rape that is in the question here um, in terms of its, um, I don't know, in terms of the spectacle or in terms of the prospect of gore, but it's still the fundamental violation of a person's body against their will. So what is the, what's the moral distinction there? I would like to, I can't make one. I can't even steel man this argument because I think it's such a good one. Uh, I guess it would have to be that by doing this, I prevent you from harming someone else. But you have to to get to that point. You have to be of the mindset that someone's mere presence is a violation of the rights of another person. I just can't get there. I can't get there. Yeah, that makes no sense. Circumstances. I yeah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, Reinhardt, the only way right wingers can ever have their voices heard without getting stomped on by cops is through armed protests, not violent, just armed like a two way protest. They always go off without a hitch. Why don't we see more armed protests by right wingers? I mean, I don't, I don't, that might be your personal experience, but every single right wing event that I've attended in Idaho, which is an open carry state, uh, like 80% of the people have been at least, at least open carrying. I'm sure it was closer, closer to 90% of people that were armed. Yeah. Part of the problem here, I would guess too, is where you might see these in high profile ways are in urban centers where a lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time open carry is restricted or disallowed. That's an issue. Um, but I agree. It's an interesting philosophy on even what it's not necessarily a matter of protest, but just the philosophy of open carry. I'm not an open carry advocate myself. Um, I think I kind of think it's a, a tactical disadvantage um, personally, and I understand I, I just don't want to attract attention to myself in that way. I'm not an open carry opponent. I, I'm not going right. to sh- shame you if you want to do that. But one of the benefits of open carry that I that I thoroughly acknowledge is it does increase comfort with the sight of a fire. I do want a, a society that doesn't freak out at the sight of a gun. Well, it's a deterrent as well. Yeah. So, um, so even that is, um, that's not protest cause it's just your everyday carry routine, but there are, I guess I'm thinking even outside of the protest concept, an armed society is a polite society. I want my society armed Indeed. and I would just like to either see them or increase people's comfort with the sight of them. Okay. So that's something to think that's about too, but reason. The legal landscape is so hostile to it in so many of the the urban centers of this country that it's just hard to get a lot of visibility on it. Chris M. says, hey, faggots, status cry racism over voter ID, but love movement papers attached to vaccine status. If the next round of voting just required vaccination papers and thus ID, do you think the Democrats would support or oppose it or just have their heads implode? Note, I don't think it's a good idea and I would not support it. This is just a thought exercise. Uh, yeah, I wonder, wonder what kind of how that like uh, negotiation would go in Congress. Okay, we'll give you voter ID, but we get vax ID. Well, what are they going to do? They're going to be like, all right, you need to have your vaccination status present to go to the grocery store, but you can still vote without a vax id or a driver's license yeah I are saw they someone, seriously gonna fucking do this someone was tweeting this contradiction earlier i was looking at it. it's like we're, we're developing a country where you need id to go to applebee's uh, in the form of a proof of vaccination but you don't need to prove your identity to vote to select who's going to control everyone in this society um it's just one of those make it make sense you know i, I yeah. just I understand the arguments on either side of it, but I can't understand holding both of those simultaneously that you must show ID to get into Applebee's, but not to vote. And not only 
not only that you don't have to show it, but that it would be a racist or discriminatory policy to show it to vote. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Um, I sneezed into my hand. That was weird. That was very Joe Biden of me. I didn't. I meant to go for the elbow, but anyway, uh, Charlie's up next. Charlie says, "Blonde, you want to ban sports? In that case, will you give up fat shaming?" Um, oh, I, I kind of already answered this earlier. I don't want to ban sports. Sports raises testosterone because it increases uh, uh, competition amongst young men, or at least like the the mental image of competition amongst men. Uh, anything that increases testosterone in the young cohort is positive in my view. I want to create a culture where we don't pile on, I, you know, we, we totally idolize and, and pile on money onto these weird leftist minorities. And I think it's so fucking weird. And I hate this like dogmatic culture about your team and like everybody's so invested in this. It just seems so stupid. I, I hate on, it. So on much. the other side of that, though, I, and I know like to the outsider, it doesn't make sense to have this weird tribal loyalty to a particular uh, sports team, a particular logo, a particular color, whatever. Um, but the benefit of it and the thing that it, that sucks is sports was one of the last places it was socially acceptable to hate. And yeah. that is sort of a necessary dynamic that shit talking among different fan bases even though it's like totally in good, uh, it's true. in a good spirit. It's sort of uh, like good hearted mockery. Yeah. We've even eliminated that. Like, uh, you know, I used to read a lot of um, Vikings blogs. Obviously, I I like to follow the Vikings, the football team. And I remember my favorite Vikings blog a couple of years ago. Um, they started cracking down because, of course, the Vikings call uh the packers a lot of vikings fans call the packers the fudge packers or whatever you know those kind of jokes and they oh the vikings that's kind of the banter <laughs> they crack down on that like even on that's a vikings so blog you can't say and i get it like it's a it's a cringe cliche cliche joke i'm not out there writing about fudge packer fans but the fact yeah, that you, you're going to crack down on dudes doing that. And they're doing the same thing to sports teams. And so it's like, how long can they maintain this this last bastion of meritocracy or whatever? Yes. And so they start introducing, uh, you know, although having like black quotas is not going to it's not going to make any sport worse, except for maybe baseball <laughs> or maybe so, hockey or competitive swimming. Um, yeah. Yeah, but that yeah. that's the other thing to appreciate. Yeah, it, it, it is by and large. Jo- I mean, there's some elements of kind of um, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's not racial affirmative action, but like people who get jobs again, but they shouldn't because they have a certain high profile or whatever. Yeah. But I guess that the social dynamics that go along with sports that you might not understand from outside of those fan bases, they actually are beneficial. But we've ruined those, too. Mm-hmm. Sucks. Yep. Matt from Tinder. In recent controversies around trans women in sports, the discussion of fairness usually revolves around physical characteristics like muscle mass or testosterone levels. In chess, the same performance gap between men and women exists as it does in football, tennis, or running. If a male, if a top male chess player transitioned to be a woman, therefore instantly becoming the best woman chess player of all time, how could female players argue against this? when there are no physical factors to discuss. I don't think they, they could. They would have to address the the brain issue. Well, even that is 
uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but in, in general, there tend to be like the distribution of intelligence among men is very low to very high. Right. And Whereas among women, women, it tends are, to be yeah, more in the grouped. middle. Right. There's less extremes in women. But I assume right. that the top chess players have to be of elite intelligence that For maybe doesn't sure. exist on exist as commonly in women. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but but they would also have to address that fundamentally men and women process information differently. Women mm. aren't good at chess because of biological factors. Um, men are better at uh, at long term planning, which allows them to see multiple moves ahead like they are yeah. in life. Women are focused on uh, taking care of families in the in the here and now. We're not super future oriented, just from a biological perspective, which is one of the reasons that we're not as good at chess as as men. Mm. And the other reason is the is the intelligence grouping. So women would have to address this at some point. Like, well, we have different brains, so get out, <laughs> which I think would be fantastic. I wonder, I wonder if we will confront this issue down the line. Turkey buzzard, hypothetically, defensively, uh, when do we start using the guns? Well, if I was writing a novel, which I am coming out this summer, it's going to be mm. fantastic. Now, we kind of talked about this um, last week, so I don't want to repeat myself um, too much. In a hypothetical world, which would make a great novel, uh, again, when your fundamental rights are violated and, and spe- specifically at the federal level, um, I, I, in a novel that would be loosely based on today's reality, I don't think that resistance uh, would be unjustified, hypothetically, in a great yeah. piece of fiction. But the, the, again, there are more moral considerations. The one thing I'll say about that, there are more moral considerations other than just when can you do it? As I'll always reference, the great thing about the American Revolution was it was a clear articulation of the moral issues at stake. True. And it said, Here are, here's what you're doing. Stop that shit. We're going to go our own way. And so I think the same sort of, again, hypothetical story that would be fantastic to write, the same sort of story and moral standard should apply here, which is um, a clean, clear articulation of the the moral standards that are being violated an attempt to walk away from that. And if they come and get you, well, you have to be prepared to defend yourself. I think that's the proper moral way to handle it. I agree with you, but there's no way for us to do this as a unit because there's so much division on the, on the, on the right as yeah. well. Um, I mean, for me, it's the vaccine thing. Like you're going to have to hold me down and forcibly vaccinate me. Like it's not going to happen any other way. No number of mandates or inconvenience in my, like I'm, I'm I'm not doing it. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, so that has to be my line here. And if they're going to hold me down, then, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to shoot somebody. Right. (laughs) Actually defensively. Yeah. The, The question I would ask, like, is what's going on presently acceptable? No, it is not. And I'm doing everything I can. And I think we all have an obligation to try to reverse that with words and reason. And, but, but there's a huge portion of society, many of them in power who uh, not only have no response to that, they, they don't care. They'll actually come after you and exert that physical force upon you. So um, my answer is, is yesterday. Actually, my answer is we're past that point currently. I saw the funniest meme. It was um, Christian Bale, I think an American psycho. And it was like the left waiting for uh, for unvaccinated people to die. And then the same picture, but inverted on the bottom, the right waiting for vaccinated people to die. And it made me think like, 
That that is exactly what's happening. We're in this weird stalemate where like they they think that COVID is going to kill us all, and then we all think that the vaccine is going to kill them, and it's going to take care of our problems. But eventually, one of us is going to have to make a move here because it could be a while. What a weird vaccine war, man. That talking about things of the future that you didn't predict. I didn't see vaccine war coming five years ago. Didn't have that one. Uh, no, I didn't. On my I list watched- of expectations. The best YouTube video. You have to watch it. It's it's um on BitChute. It's Computing Forever's, not his most recent video, but his um but is but the one before that. Damn it, I can't remember what it's called. Let me know in the live chat. But it has this very long discussion with this Indian doctor who talks about the methodology of spike proteins in the vaccine and how they've been implemented to cause um death in future that can't that can't be related back to the initiation of the vaccine. It was the most fascinating thing I've ever seen. That would be insane engineering if that's true. But it's just the way spike proteins work. He was talking about the toxicity of spike proteins and how it, it so gradually weakens your immune system and really targets people that have underlying conditions, which is, you know, the majority of the population has at least one hmm. underlying condition. Do you see the tinfoil on Bob Saget that came out after we streamed? The vaccine Sunday? killed him? Boosted boosted in november dun, oh dun, really dun, dun. oh it's called the yeah. end game it's it's computing mm-hmm. forever's video on bit shoot everybody right. has I'll to have watch to check it. it out has to watch it uh, uh, incompetent hands is up next are you re- is it your readers it might i don't know i'll read it uh, okay. as promised blonde with the metaverse ai and deep fakes we're not far away from rud- from a rudimentary holodeck if the holodeck actually existed could men stand a chance that they could simulate anything with anyone hmm do you mean if could women stand a chance? Um, on the flip side, would girls be hesitant to engage in social media if any engagement equal consent? It's easy to say no pods or bug paste, but the digital heroin will be hard for most men to resist. Is this the end game of modernity or does the accelerationist in you think that the ability to live life as Genghis Khan will force men to find truth and build society? I'm torn. Um, I mean, I think it would be catastrophic in the same way that pornography has been catastrophic to gender relations and personal relations for that matter uh in a in a much um in a much bigger <laughs> and more volcanic way i but at the end of the day people will still know that these things are not real and it's like carrying a a fake hand like a fake louis vuitton handbag and like you know, you can pretend that it's real, but but you know, hmm. you know. And so you never really value it in the same way as you would value something that you actually spent the money on. Um, it's going to be like that with virtual reality. Like people will invest in it because they're addicted to it. But fundamentally, they know that they're not um, actually getting any value uh, in their lives or in their souls. And that will be the end of that. I mean, people will revolt against it. It'll be too scary. All right, I'm going to trust you on the Star Trek reference because that I have no idea what it's actually talking about. <laughs> the holodeck's just like crazy AI. Basically. All right. McMonahan says, uh, what do you think our chances are of becoming a spacefaring species living on multiple planets? By the way, check out The Expanse um, better than Star Trek. Speaking of. Uh long term well i guess this is another question like what's more likely to happen um robot future space future or we beat each other into caveman status again i guess if i'm going to say the robot future is less likely than caveman future i have to say that caveman future is more likely than space future don't i (laughs) yeah i think you're right i guess i gotta go with that um 
So I'll, I will go with that. I, I, I would say probably not. We probably destroy each other and destroy this planet before we become some sort of space traveling species. I Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kitchen Sink, if Uncle Joe keels over tomorrow and Kamala assumes the Oval Office, what do you think will collapse first? Perceived U.S. power abroad, uh, China v. Russia, or China, versus China and Russia, or confidence at home, how do you think things would play out? Um, I think definitely confidence at home. The the Chinese and the Russians, they're, they're, in they're intelligent folk. Um, why would they bother entering into a, for a very expensive foreign war when we're doing an excellent job of uh, collapsing our own, our own country on our own? Yeah. I think they would just stand back and be like, all right, like take care of business and then we'll swoop in and take your resources. That's kind of like asking me what's quicker, one snap or two snaps. One is probably quicker than the other, but yeah. both of these things would happen nearly immediately, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, then again, uh, maybe to push back, would all that much change in in either? Because Kamala Harris is a less liked and even less respected politician than Joe Biden. That is true. That's possible. <laughs> but we're still, I guess, maybe I should think about this more because we're still talking about, I don't know. She's just a hair less respected than he is. I don't think there's anybody who would say, oh, man, I can't believe our great dear leader Joe Biden passed. But that real piece of work Kamala Harris is in power. So now I'm out. Are there a lot of people for whom Kamala Harris would be the deal breaker when and Joe Biden isn't a deal breaker? Maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking I don't know overthinking this, I suppose. Well, I think that it would. Well, I don't know. Maybe nothing would change. Uh, may, or maybe it's just the cackle. Maybe that would uh, finally push a lot of people over the edge and they would stop respecting or obeying anything that comes out of this white house speaking of um you know how kamala harris has all of her her assistants and all her staff have been quitting for the last x amount of months simone sanders quit right after that disastrous charlemagne the god interview where really? um yeah she she's out she's not working with kamala anymore uh, now she has a show on msnbc that's starting i think next month in february as if they couldn't possibly get any worse over at msnbc i I don't know. I, 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 maybe I'll tune in just to see how bad of a train wreck this could possibly be. Did you be. see the news about the CNN ratings? I mean, it's, this is what I don't understand. The news is always that they're plummeting, but they but keep down plummeting. 90% over last year. Are, 90%? 90%. Well, I sp well, in fairness, though, I bet this time last year was an incredibly hot time for them because January 6th <gasps> oh, was so yeah, hot right now. So maybe they mm -hmm. had a little bit of a bump. Because of January 6th and outgoing and, and the impeachment that followed. Don't forget about that. Oh, yeah. That's probably so why. Inflated numbers. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Well, thank you guys for the email questions. Again, you can send us an email question through the website contact page if you would like to participate in the show that way. Let's catch up with chat and we will call it a night. Sure. Darlene Cates finally moved now for unpacking and sorting downsizing from... Uh, five by three to 2,500 square feet to two by two, 1,500 square feet. My life appears to be settling down a bit, wishing all a happy and prosperous 2022. Well, thank yeah, you, living darling. in a giant house is just, I never understood it. All the best to you and your family. Good to hear from you. Yeah. Philip Hayden, um, my nards ache. Is it flu or coof? That grizzled old guy, P.S., actually sick as heck, not just the nards. 
I'm sorry to hear that, uh, but I hope the best for you and your nards. Is he talking about how his balls hurt? I think that's one of the symptoms, it sounds like. Well, it's a it's a symptom for a lot of things that are not the flu or the coof. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Might want to get that checked out. If it burns when you pee, you need to see a doctor. Uh, also, if your balls hurt, life. you should see a doctor. Um, you might have epididymitis. Uh, Scott Allen says, uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, he wrote the Gulag Archipelago. Hmm. Um, Jordan Peterson and Victor David Hansen both refer to it. If I could get high school to teach one book, I haven't read it. I know, I know, guys. I, um, I definitely should. People talk about it all the time. Apparently, it's great reading and will uh, and prophetic um, about our current situation. N word faggot says the jogger math equation is easy. Jogger plus societal contribution equals negative number. Jogger plus jogger equals increase in crime. How thirteen percent. Can be greater than fifteen percent, et cetera, et cetera. Oh my he, god! He also says, "I can't smells believe really do. someone will have so much like hate in their heart." Uh, smells really do bring back great memories. Category B cycles. <laughs> Remind me a quick shower and then a great day of oven baked goodness. <laughs> All right, I god, see. I will you. truly read anything. Bill Biz. Regarding the math teacher calling in Seattle, the King County School District has already taken the very woke initiative of incorporating ethnic studies into the math curriculum, math as a tool of oppression. Not surprising. I've heard What's about that? this. Yeah. Math as a tool of oppression. Do you Why? Think, because black people don't understand it. Well, it's like uh, math as a force for the liberation and prosperity of everybody. Think of all the things engineered with mathematical concepts. What's the reason yeah. our life is awesome? What's the reason we're able to, I don't mean our, like yeah, you, you and me. I mean like me. everybody, everything awesome um, that you enjoy in your life was engineered through mathematics. I know you think what I just said is a joke, but they're talking that they I've have I have heard like studies about this and they're talking about it being a tool of oppression because black students typically are at least one standard deviation below the average white student, probably two below the average Asian student. And so they're saying like because it's not accessible to black people, it's inherently racist. But really, they're just What's dumb. Is the high yeah. rim in the NBA a tool of oppression against me? I'm sorry. Like, uh, wh yeah, what do you I want? I know. The NBA. <laughs> This is what I don't understand about the, this racism. It's like, why can't you just take what what your race is best at and and have pride in that? Like, black people are good at some stuff. Well, it's just even and I mean, even on the individual level, I I like to think that there's a, a select amount of things that I'm good at, and I take pride in doing them. Right. That doesn't mean that you can put me in any scenario and watch me excel. Right, right. Or if and you I, fail in any given scenario that it's um, oppressive to you. Yeah, it just means I sucked at that thing. At that thing. And exactly. it's yeah. it's good to, if it's a thing you enjoy and you suck at it, it's good to acknowledge that because how do you get on the path of improvement? You know, but I just don't believe that black people are the ones that are that are orchestrating all of this because they just don't seem like, a generally, they don't seem like a community that has a super fragile ego. Hmm. Well, something's changed in the last uh, recently that didn't exist in decades prior where a lot of just a lot. I don't know. Think to think back to the Fresh Prince era and the Family Matters era. You know, it's just it wasn't yeah. as racially toxic then as it is now. Yeah, I know. I mean, this is all being orchestrated by uh, white ish leftists. <laughs> OK. Uh, and that's what's changed. Well, we need more uh, Nick Cannons out out in the black community. A <laughs> big fan, yeah. big fan of Nick Cannon. He just um, had a baby that died. Oh my god! 
God. I think he had like a, a one, two, three month old baby that died recently. How? I don't know. But that was in the news within the last month or two. Poor guy. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, Rocky Mountain Monk. Always remember the future is uncertain and the end is always near. <sighs> That's true. Good, That's true. good uh, philosophy. Yeah. Knuckle hunky book. Um at Batman, carving the fat off of good ideas is how you get great ideas. Our willingness to argue for our perspectives makes us better as a whole. Yeah, I suppose that's true. And if I were to think about this sincerely, I don't think that there are downsides to the to the intellectual battle and to sharpening those ideas. Um, and I don't think but, God will begrudge us for that. But either. the one thing that I do I want to maintain is a forgiving attitude. One, The one thing, one of the many things I, I can't stand about the dominating progressive leftist culture right now is the exile of the impure that once right. you have committed an unforgivable sin which is seemingly everything whether you actually killed a person or you just said the wrong word you are out you are gone you are never to be redeemed and uh i just that, that's just such a that's just su such an awful society uh, you have to have good moral standards and you have yeah. to have commitment to the truth i agree with that but we do all make mistakes. And when someone moves on from their mistake and demonstrates their commitment to those moral standards and to the truth, we have then to be willing to, be to give them that benefit. Yeah. yeah. In the in the reflection of of God's forgiveness, we're supposed to be Christians, but we don't practice forgiveness within our own community on any meaningful level. Yeah. I mean, we, we truly oust people permanently. Not that I really want to bring Jack Goldman back into the folds here. I think he was always kind of a grifter douche. But but I see what what that person what that caller was saying it's like it, people should be able to rectify their mistakes yeah i agree uh, people are, are able to rectify their actual crimes yeah you have to be willing to to give the grace of um of forgiveness of intellectual crimes thought crimes as important as those fights may be in terms of getting to the truth you know, they're, yeah. they're not um they're not actual attacks on one another although again in his case I don't know that much about it, but I understand that his critics are making an argument of deception. It's not just that he had the wrong ideas. It's that he was deceiving people all along, which is a, a sort of a form of an attack. It's a fraud of sorts, which right. is a, a form of an attack on others. That's true. It's the misrepresentation of his of, of his own ethics. So I see why people are super pissed about this. Um, JR, you can never really know what what's beyond life. But out of all religion and beliefs, Jesus' principles and promises um, are the most pragmatic one, is the most pragmatic one for me, at least. Um, yeah, I, I can't deny the effectiveness. And I, as I will always say, I know who I want as my neighbors. So yeah. that counts for a lot. It does. It does. Joshy boy, to believe that you're good enough by your own deeds to enter heaven is a sign of your own pride and arrogance. God sees hmm. right through that. That's totally true, too. Like a. I have zero confidence that I'm going to be saved. It's just a struggle every day, <laughs> you know. But that's good. Um, um, humility of your own moral quality yeah. is ironically a state, a characteristic of a moral person. You know, it's yeah. it's, um, yeah, it, it, it's sort of a variation of like this the Socratic idea. The reason Socrates was wise is because he knew that he was unwise. The reason you might be moral is because right. you knew that. Maybe immoral is the wrong word, that you're immoral, but that you are morally flawed. You are morally right, exactly. imperfect. And we have no idea what's going to happen. Like we could get to to the gates of heaven and God could be like, so you killed babies and then you took their stem cells to forcibly 
inject people for viruses that I gave you an immune system to fight, burn in hell. Like everybody, <laughs> if you paid one tax dollar to that, you're going to burn in hell for the rest. I don't know what he's not going to forgive us for. Um, acting like you know is, is totally hubristic. Uh, Matthew Rowley, both believing in God and denying God takes a leap of faith. The difference is belief makes the person a servant, whereas non-believers act as their own God. That mm. pride is what damages your morality. That is so right on. Mm. That's so right I on. That's the most annoying thing about atheists is that they've created a God of their own mind, which makes yes. them- Fucking insufferable. I was thinking about these concepts a lot when I was working on my last video because it was about that LA Times article that's like uh, we should mock the deaths of the unvaccinated and and just the the whole premise of the article being well yeah human life has value but and then you know but, they go on right. and uh, and he's like how do you get to that point and it's exactly what he's talking about that when you are godless as in you don't believe a a higher moral power exists above you you achieve your own perceived moral perfection. And you you give yourself an entitlement to treat others any way that you see fit because you believe right. that you are kind of the arbiter of, of yeah. right and wrong, good and evil. And so whatever you do by virtue of your own moral perfection, your own God status, as he's talking about, is by definition right. Yes. And yeah. and th- that's how they get into that mindset. It, it's um. And what a frightening concept that like you can operate within the frameworks of your own created morality. You could do anything that you wanted. Yeah. Anything. You could rationalize anything. And instead of frightening them like a good moral person that that gives them power and I'm supposed to like respect their life choices. People have to come to God if they really want a strong moral structure in their lives. Otherwise, that drift to moral relativism is a virtual inevitability. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I struggle, obviously, with what I believe specifically, but I know that there's a lot more of fundamentally right concepts on this side. You know, whatever God is or is not as a specific being, the moral concepts here are they they are abundantly clear to me. Yeah, um, I want to find out how and where they came from. And yeah, maybe I'll get there. Um, let's see. Uh, Matthew Marbo 93 says, yeah, I just read that one, right? The problem with white Protestant America is that it's too self-righteous. It's the only thing uniting the left and right. Catholicism uniquely offers redemption through confession. On a heavenly standard, we are all damned, even though the most righteous among us, even the most righteous among us, sorry. So we shouldn't think ourselves higher than others. No soul in heaven is there because they deserve it. Souls are saved through grace and grace alone. Hmm. That's true. I have, I've been getting a lot of emails from people because we've been talking about contrition and um, confession. And uh, I've been getting a lot of emails from Protestants that's saying, like, you just have to be contrite and confess your sins to God without the barrier of a priest. But that's something that I find really appealing in Catholicism is that I'm telling another human being like there's 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 another level of accountability there hmm. to, to truly display contrition. I don't know. Um, Reality Lobster says, why won't the UK protect their young girls from the diversity gangs? Not only do they not protect the youth, they support more diversity. How can dads allow that unpunished and destroy their culture? I mean, they've been indoctrinated their their whole lives. Not that I have much pity for them. It's the it's the Molly Tibbetts thing. I talk about that too much. <laughs> it happened a long time Leave ago. Molly's dad alone. <laughs> but it is. I mean, it's happening in our culture too. It's like the greatest virtue, even above protecting your own 
children is um, to the diversity initiative. And that, and people believe that that makes them the most moral uh, hmm. and, and the holiest. And so they, they will put that in front of their own safety, in front of the safety of their children, and they think that they're doing the right thing. And you can only do that by like these crazy levels of subversion that are happening from when these people are children, when, when, when grown men now were children and, and long before that. This doesn't just happen overnight. Hmm. Um, Sershi says, if the right spend as much time at school board meetings as we do at the gun range, we would be talking about the great educational revolution. That's true. <laughs> but there, there is a great educational revolution on the right, and it's homeschooling. It's, yeah, that's happening um, at, a, at a rapid pace. And the truth is we don't spend enough at either because you want to be proficient. You don't want to sacrifice the time at the range. You want to be competent. You want to be capable. Yeah. You want to be proficient. Um, yeah. But I, I, I agree that um, you want to talk about political arenas in which you can make the most change. It's the one in your neighborhood. That's the one where you have the most power and rightfully so. Um, two-way education says, hey, hey. Hello, sir. Uh, uh, thanks for uh, tuning in and supporting as always. Uh, Yidris, first time I'm watching live. You guys are incredible and have never failed to provide me with a Sandy Safe Space. Always appreciate that based content. We try. Why did I well, say thank it like you. that? I, I don't know. Appreciate uh, you tuning in live and thanks for listening and supporting the show. Thank you. And for the kind words, of course, too. Uh, Reality Lobster, if you ever watch Dr. Campbell and his virus breakdown in today's 20 minutes, he sort of indicates that the vaccines were set up not to eradicate, but become a subscription <laughs> model. I saw someone uh, I follow on Twitter referring to the vaccine plan as a season pass. Yeah. Like it's a video yeah. game subscription or something like that. Yeah. We're not far off from that. The other obvious joke is like, you know, uh, it's like the old subway card. You get 10 vaccines, you get a free one after that. Uh, I know. We're, uh, there's something like that coming. I have no doubt. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I, I definitely think so. That, that's, that's how it's going to be. And people are, do you think they're really just going to submit to getting repeat vaxxed for this? Yeah, because it's ritualistic. I mean, you talk about like confession it is and stuff. Ritualistic. Um, yeah, th this yeah. is their confession. This is yeah. their ritual at their altar. And that's why they'll keep doing it again. Um, I don't know who's right and who's wrong in the grand religious scheme. The only people who are absolutely wrong are these godless people. They yeah. are because they, they, end up with these false idols and this weird, they end up with their own idolatry and their own rituals that are so bizarre. Uh, it is so bizarre. obviously nonsensical that they end up being the worst of them all. They even have this weird branding thing. I mean, some of it is um, the vaccine is kind of the mark of the beast, but do you watch this libs of TikTok account? Yeah. Well, I see Elijah it. Schaefer? Yeah. It's like these people have developed the same sort of like facial piercing pattern and the tattoo thing and the androgynous it's all kind of this external representation of this uh this rot of the soul yeah and it's so uniform like in their diversity they're so uniform hmm. it's bizarre that this this whole timeline it's just like I, what is happening um z-man says social justice warrior as uh, the new pharisees there is no grace yeah um, Saltus Maximus, thanks for the donation. No note. Uh, Z-Man says, Jesus Christ imputes us to perfect righteousness that we cannot earn. And that that's another truth. Like, we need to stop look at looking at it, or at least I had to, like, um, like angry with God that I had to live up to these moral standards. I should be grateful to God that he's given me an opportunity for grace, even though 
I'm a product of original sin and I sin on a daily basis. Like there's a way out of this hellish mortal existence and I should be grateful for that. Um, Mm. So that's, that's a good way to look at it. Thunderstorm says, just wanted to thank you both for your work. I think that's the last one. Well, thanks for tuning in and helping to keep us on the air. I appreciate it very much. Uh, I think we're all set. We can call it a night. Let me check on tippy stream. Oh, I do have to say thank you over on D live to uh, sparkle town and bayonet. Appreciate you guys very much as well as everybody else tuning in on D live. We are all set on tippy stream. So if we're good to go on YouTube, we can call it a night. Yeah. Yep, I think we are. Let me reload one more time. All right. Oh, 8.30 on the dot. Yeah, well, thank you guys for um, hanging out with us. As always, we appreciate it very much. We will uh, get back at it on Sunday night with whatever happens. Between now and then, I certainly, I'm sure we'll have to talk Fauci and some of the things he had to say and some of the documents that are out. We got to talk Ray Epps and how he has been officially cleared. He is not a Fed. And um, we'll get to whatever else happens. Uh, before Sunday as well. Have a great night and thanks for tuning in. Bye guys.